0: Was <laughs> that a live sound life. effect
1: by like
2: <laughs> that was me
1: <laughs> Is that like the like the flicking your cheek type thing or i, do, your... I don't
2: even have to flick my cheek but <laughs> if i do <laughs> that was that was your mouth yeah oh, geez, if, bang, if i do it sounds better hold on <laughs> i thought that was like a <laughs> skype noise when i heard it oh, that's <laughs> me.
1: one of my friends in high school used to be able to do that all the time and so right when you did it i was like i know that fucking sound
2: yeah i don't even have to flick it i can just go It's wild. But when I flick that's it, crazy. it sounds a little bit better.
3: Ooh, it sounds wetter when you flick it. Oh, Jake, I've heard that before.
0: <laughs>
4: you walked right into that one. I know. That's, oh, I didn't even realize what I said.
5: Episode
0: 438. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about. raps dropped by the cool kids it, it,
1: it's a trap
0: toss it good taste it, do we love it hey let's face it pain. erase it let's embrace the tupperware party subculture spill over like a vulture carry over tell the culture over pop culture and with the uncool kids what's to say has already been said Let's so pretty sure the only talent is the band that's Hello, this is Randall Park, and you are listening to Pop Culture Leftovers.
2: Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And And we're the leftovers. leftovers. And uh, yeah, Jake, uh, this week we're talking about. It's all D23, Jake. It's all D23, but it's, I think, we're only going to be covering the Marvel stuff, Jake. That's all I had time for this week.
3: That sounds great. That sounds great.
2: Honestly, Jake, I've just been, you know, we're doing the other podcast, our Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power podcast, and I've been. So I've been fucking in Middle Earth for like the past few days that I just have not had time to like do pretty much anything else but that except for this Marvel news. And so, yes, I know that they dropped the Mandalorian season three trailer, which honestly, it's the same trailer that they showed, uh, fans at, uh, Disney celebration earlier this year. Um, that was leaked online. So there's that. And I, I think it looks great. Um, and then, Indiana Jones 5 was there footage shown? I think there was footage shown and they kind of like yes, revealed that they are going to be doing some de-aging on Harrison Ford for some flashback scenes, which I think is exciting. And um I, you know what, I don't care. I'm looking forward to it, you know, fucking Joe, welcome Joe. Hey, stoked to be here. I'm bringing you in here, dude, cuz Boyd Holbrook is going to be in Indiana Jones 5, dude. Dude, I'm so excited to see him
1: <laughs> and that he had he had such a huge impact on me on. Um, of course, now I'm blanking on the name of that
2: movie. Vengeance. Uh, Vengeance. Yes. Is that all you, you had a huge impact on you? Did he impact you so hard You have, you have nothing else to say? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he was just great in that role. He was so funny and um, played a really deep character. And so I'm excited to see him and more stuff going forward.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Phoebe uh, Waller-Bridge from Fleabag, also going to be in Indiana Jones 5. I absolutely love her, so we'll see uh, what yeah. happens with that. Hey, Tristan. Welcome, Tristan.
4: Hey, I'm happy to be here as well. Um, I saw John Williams last week. I was just going to ask role. you
2: about that, man.
4: Yeah, he did the, he did the theme for uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character
2: how's it how how did it sound how was it how was everything i
4: mean beautiful as always i mean i'm just so surprised at how sharp this guy is because he's what 90 years old and he just remembers all these things and he was talking about his experiences on films back in the 50s and 60s and i'm like shit i can't even remember what happened last week like I mean, this dude is so fucking sharp, and I think he will be here another 10 years at
2: least. That's awesome, man. Hopefully, he'll continue. Yeah. 90
3: years old, John Williams. That's, that's wild.
2: Yeah. yeah. I want him just to continue to work. I don't want him to be done. I just want him to continue to work. <laughs> just keep working. <laughs> keep working. Fuck your family, John. Keep working.
4: <laughs> yeah, That guy has more Oscar nominations than anybody except Walt Disney.
2: Oh, wow. Wow. That's insane. And Melissa Sloter, welcome.
5: Hello, thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, yeah. Are you looking for are you have I'm gonna ask you this. I don't even know. Have have how many Indiana Jones movies have you have you seen? Have you seen them all?
5: I haven't seen one.
2: Oh my god, where have you been?
5: Well, I didn't really start watching movies. I put that in quotes, um, as like a thing that is one of my main hobbies until twenty seventeen. So I have to go back for like a lot of stuff. But I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge so much that I will be fully Indiana Jones ready for this movie. I will.
2: Oh, my God. Now, I remember, you know, Jake had never watched the original Top Gun before Maverick came out. So he had to watch okay, one movie. Well, I that you, in
5: middle school, so.
2: <laughs> but I'm saying you have to catch up. You have to catch up on four fucking movies to watch this one just for Phoebe okay. Waller-Bridge.
3: Yeah, I just watched watch three. three.
2: You got to catch up on three, yeah. yeah. Uh-uh. If she has to suffer through – if we had to suffer through four, she does too. That's what I say. That's what I say. But, yeah, I'm you looking – You guys
4: hate Temple of Doom because I love Temple of Doom. I love, I love Temple, Temple
2: of Doom. Of Doom. Yeah, I, same. I love it. As I've gotten older, like when I was a kid, Temple of Doom was my favorite because you had short round and and it was just like this fun adventure. And then now as I've gotten older, the question is, like, you know, is it Raiders or is it, you know, The Last Crusade? Like, which one do I like more as an adult? But as a kid, it was all Temple of Doom because, like... Temple of Doom was so fun as a kid. And people, can say, that. people can say, like, oh, it's got, like, scary scenes in it, a guy ripping out a heart and all this stuff. It's like, I didn't care. I was just fascinated and I loved it. So, um, it. It didn't scare me the way that Jaws scared me the first time, the way that Cujo scared me the first time. So Um Yeah. Indiana Jones has just always been like a fun adventure and
3: um People at Doom scared the
2: shit out of me. Oh man, it, it scared
3: me just as much as those movies. When Indy yeah. turns bad and he's like threatening Short Round, I was fucking
4: yeah. terrified. when they have to use the fire and stuff to snap him out of it, yeah. I was
2: crazy. just fascinated. I, I'm to this day, I'm fascinated that Spielberg cast his wife in the movie and allowed him allowed Harrison Ford to make out with her. I'd be like, <laughs> I feel <be Hey>, like <laughs>
5: don't, don't don't the confidence.
2: You've got to have some confidence to fucking throw her in the ring with Harrison Ford. <laughs> just yeah, just a handsome man. So, you know, <laughs> there's no way. As an adult, I
3: recognize she's the worst part of the movie as well. It's basically oh, nothing but screaming.
2: Mm. Oh, man. I I, I, I kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Kate Beckshaw? Is that her name? Capshaw? Capshaw. Kate Capshaw? Capshaw. Cap-shaw. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, we're going to be talking about D23. Settle down, people. There's a lot to talk about uh, with all the Marvel stuff uh, with D23. And um, yeah, none of this was uh, – none of the Marvel stuff was televised or streamed anywhere. So all of this was exclusive to those in attendance except for the trailers that they officially released online. And um, I guess I want to ask you guys – are you happy with this D23 or I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but I'm not blown away like I was during San Diego Comic Con. I really thought we were going to get a lot more than what we got. Um, but I am happy with what we did get.
4: I'm happy I, with what we got. I think the expectations are just too high because. You have, I mean, they're basically forecasting what two or three years out, and they did that in San Diego Comic Con. So it's like, what? It, it, there's such a burden on Kevin Feige to really outdo what he did in San Diego Comic Con. Like, if anything, they just didn't hold back enough in San Diego Comic Con, and they, they just gave us too much then. Um, I mean, there's just so much that you can forecast in a, you know, uh, between these two events in a three year period.
2: Mm mm-hmm. No announcement of Deadpool 3. N- nothing with Deadpool 3. We know we're getting it, but nothing. No new announcements with Deadpool 3. No X-Men movie announcements. Um, there was... No fantastic forecast. No fantastic forecasting. Yeah, wasn't it like
5: an announcement that there will not be a Fantastic We're going to talk about that.
2: We'll talk about <laughs> okay. that when we get to that point in the panel. Yes, we're going to be talking about that. Um, I was also surprised that pretty much... Every trade, not, a lot of trades were talking about like a Wanda solo movie. I don't know if you guys saw this. Oh, you I know. did not see that one. Tons of uh, rumors about a Wanda solo movie. And I think it, I, don't quote me, but I think it was Deadline that first reported it. And so, you know, going into D23, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get the, the Wanda solo movie announcement. Like that's going to happen did not happen. So I was a little shocked by that. Um, I was really wanting to know, like, where is Wanda? What's going on? When's the next time we're going to see White Vision? None of that. None of that. So,
3: yeah, Yeah, my expectations were very high for D23. I I was in the camp where I thought they would do more than they did at San Diego Comic-Con, being that it was their under house banner event. Um, not that I didn't like or enjoy what they did show us, but my expectations were so high that what we got was a bit of a wet fart for me.
1: That was my kind of same feeling as well, Jake.
3: Yeah. It was hard yeah, to so- be impressed by stuff that would normally impress me when my expectations were to the moon.
1: That was my same feeling as well, that that if they're going to show this much stuff at San Diego Comic-Con, that when they do D23, their own event, they're really going to blow our minds. And it's like, eh, they just kind of gave us a little bit more details on stuff that we mostly already knew about, which I was happy to get all of it both times. But I did expect them... To be holding some stuff back that was really going to blow people's minds away, just to make D twenty three outshine San Diego Comic Con by a little bit.
2: Well, what's more upsetting for us is like we kind of like since we're not in attendance, we kind of feed off the new announcements and you know titles uh, of new movies and like wow, Phase Five, Phase Six, and Phase Five is going to start with th- you know Phase Four is going to end with this, Phase Five is going to start with this, Phase Six is going to end with this movie. We're like, oh my god, Kevin Feige, just keep. Fucking feeding us this information And so we're kind of blown away After San Diego Comic Con and then we get Into this and I think like since we're not in attendance It doesn't blow us away because there Weren't those Announcements. We're not getting an announcement of like, a oh, World War Hulk movie. You know, we're not getting an X-Men movie announcement. We're not getting these, you know, we're not... Ryan Reynolds is not coming out on stage and, and uh, talking about uh, Deadpool 3 and where his character is going to be in the MCU and all this stuff that we're hoping to hear about and hoping to get. We're not getting it. But I think like if we were in attendance at D23, being able to see the exclusive footage and stuff like that would have been would have been a lot better right i mean
1: yeah I, absolutely oh because, yeah
3: for sure for sure
1: yeah because us just being on the receiving end digitally all we have is news headlines to to go off of and the, to actual have that experience of being there at the con that's always better one of the reasons I, all the
3: actors you know oh the footage, yeah just getting swept up in the magic of it all like yeah
2: Yeah. Did you hear, was Chris Evans in attendance? There was the rumor that he was in attendance.
3: I have not seen confirmation that he was there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like all the speculation beforehand, like, was like, oh, Chris Evans is there. He's going to come out on stage and, you know, he's going to show up with Anthony Mackie and, and he's, and then after that, you know, he's going to stay on stage and we're going to see... You know, the old Human Torch pass the new Human Torch to the new Human Torch (laughs) and none of that happened. And, you know, so, I mean, yeah, I think our expectations were really high and I think we're another year out before we get any kind of like confirmation on other big announcements. I mean, we're gonna, probably going to get some things sprinkled in here and there. We can probably come to conclusions after, you know, certain movies end and certain Disney Plus series ends. But it, may, it might be, and I don't know if they're going to be showing up at San Diego Comic-Con next year, but it might be until like the next D23 before we really fill, fee, uh, see how they're going to fill out the rest of Phase 6. And we get that yeah. that X-Men announcement. What was that, Tristan? Oh
4: well kevin feige um said in the panel uh when they were talking about fantastic four he said oh there's going to be another d23 before this comes out so yeah it's like he's kind of making clear that like yeah we don't want to blow our wad right now because we've got to come back here again before this shit even comes out
2: yeah i've also got i've got other stuff about like that fantastic four and why we didn't get the casting announcements and things like that we're going to talk about that later in the coverage but we're going to I've got everything kind of broken down the way that they had it broken down at D23. And uh, we're going to go through and talk about each one of these uh, things that uh, were uh, each one of these movies and casts and things like that that were brought out on stage and what happened. And we're going to talk about like the exclusive footage that was shown for, uh, you know, these movies and these Disney Plus shows. And we're actually going to start off with Black Panther Wakanda Forever and uh yeah this was they showed some exclusive footage for black panther wakanda forever and um none of this was released online so it wasn't a trailer it was just footage that was shown to them um and uh the, the footage starts with uh, queen ramonda and she's talking to the UN and then we see actor richard ziff Uh, He's being featured in the movie as one of the U.S. delegates, and uh, he's, he's very upset about, like, now that Wakanda has been introduced to the world, and basically at this point, Wakanda is like the world power. I mean, they have everything. They have the technology. They have the vibranium. He's worried about the security problems that they now face because of the introduction of Wakanda and the introduction of vibranium. There's a French delegate that talks about uh, being worried over the use of like vibranium possibly being used in weapons of mass destruction. They They say that the metal can't be picked up in metal detectors, and that creates a big security problem. And then Queen Ramonda says that Wakanda has a policy to never trade vibranium, not under any circumstance. It's not because vibranium is dangerous on its own, but because of the potential it holds in other people's hands. So, yeah, she's basically saying like, like, they're holding on to this vibranium. They don't want anybody else to have control of this because it, yes, it is... It can be used for nefarious means.
1: Yeah, that's their right. It's their resource. It happens to only be in in their country, and they have a right to protect it.
2: Then we get a scene of some soldiers that are breaking into the Wakandan International Outreach Center. And... um they are there it looks like to seize vibranium resources uh maybe some vibranium tools and we see them holding their guns to these scientists uh they find a vibranium wall covered in markings and they somehow activate it and the markings light up um What they didn't know is that some of the Dora Milaje Milaje are disguising themselves as scientists and proceed to kick their ass, which was pretty cool. (laughs) Um, The meeting at the UN ends with uh, Queen Ramonda saying, you perform civility here, but we know what you whisper in your halls of leadership and in your military facilities. The king is dead. The Black Panther is gone. They have lost their protectors. And Queen Ramonda then signals um, the Dora Milaje to bring in these soldiers from the attempted Vibranium raid as an example to the world of like, what will happen if you try to take on Wakanda? So like those same soldiers that tried to steal the Vibranium, the Dora Milaje kicked their asses, Queen Ramonda held on to them. And then during this UN meeting, she brings them out there like, hey... Like, like you guys sit here and like this. This is a meeting, a civil meeting. But look what you look what you've done behind everyone's backs. And uh, oh, I think how it, embarrassing! I think it's awesome. I think it's oh yeah, so oh funny. yeah. I, I I think it's awesome. Oh, man. I know how you. How embarrassing it is, are those guys. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Oh, uh, the footage then features like a, a series of like different shots we get a glowing wakanda um at uh glowing wakanda at sunset um shots of T'Challa's funeral there's a scene of Atuma rising he's one of the um uh, uh Talican- what do we call them they're from Talikan it's not Atlantis Talicans I guess he's one of the Talicans and he's rising out of the water there's a meeting between uh, Ramonda and Namor uh Winston Duke's and Baku attacks Namor with a staff which smashes to pieces as soon as it hits Namor. And Namor doesn't even react. So, like, Namor Don't is me. fucking strong as shit, guys. Um, and we know, like, you know how badass fucking M'Baku is. And what what an imposing, you know, guy that guy is. Um, the footage cuts to explosions on a city bridge, which we've seen that bridge in the first trailer. It's where Okoye is battling Atuma and Namorita and some other telekins. Um, It ends with a shot of the new Black Panther. And the final line is, show them who we are. Now, is that line, is that like, you know, Wakanda, Wakanda, we can show them who we are now. Because like, there's the, there is the quote from Amanda in this footage, like, the king is dead, the Black Panther is gone. And so they feel like, at this moment, that Wakanda's a little bit, a little unprotected here. Like they can just come in there and take the vibranium, but show them who we are is like, we are still Wakanda, Wakanda forever. I also felt like it kind of meant like show them who we are. I was thinking like, maybe it also has another meeting, like maybe multiple characters will be wearing the black Panther suit in the film. We've talked about this before, like by the end of the movie, we might've seen, you know, Shuri in the suit. We might see, Okoye in the suit we might see Nakia in the suit and Baku in the suit before we get like before they fix on like who their final Black Panther is going to be like who eventually is going to take whatever heart-shaped herb they can conjure up whether they conjured up with science because like all their stores were burned and stuff like that so I don't know. I I took a couple meanings from that. Maybe I'm looking too hard into it. I don't know.
3: It it could be both very well. I mean, it could be that double entendre on purpose. But I definitely think it means show them we can still fuck them up without T'Challa here. And, uh, you know, it it very well could also mean show them that, you know, we still have the power of the Panther.
2: Yeah, it definitely means, like, even without the Black Panther, we're still a strong people. Uh And oh, absolutely. It definitely means that. Hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I, I didn't get to see any of this footage. But, and for a movie that, like, I was really worried about until I saw that first trailer. This just has me even more equally excited to see. And apparently no... No clips of what Martin Freeman is doing in this movie. I don't know if there was any shots of Riri in this trailer at all.
4: Did you hear what uh, Kevin Feige I
3: heard said
2: there was.
4: before he introduced it?
2: What was that, Tristan?
4: Um, before he introduced the movie, Kevin Feige said, he said, perhaps the biggest movie we've ever done, which really surprised me because I'm like, you guys did in you guys did Infinity War. What did he mean by that? I don't know if they just threw a lot of money in Budget into this or what? But it's supposedly going to be huge.
2: Hmm. I th- perhaps the biggest movie we've ever done. I. Th- you've got to think that you've got Wakandans versus this other, this other nation, the Talikans, this other underwater civilization. Like you've got to have a huge battle, right?
3: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just means that in popularity, because I could see this potentially being the biggest movie they've ever done in box office.
2: I think he's talking about the actual production, though. Is it what mm-hmm. it sounds like from what Tristan's saying? Like that's why he's saying it's like the biggest production, right? Well, maybe because I
1: mean, of all the working with water. Maybe that adds, yeah. a, you know, a lot of extra headache and
2: expenses and stuff. Oh, I bet. Yeah.
1: And it
4: looks like it's not on
1: location a lot too.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: I, I feel like the more stuff that comes out about this movie, the more excited I am to, to go see it. And um I really like the idea that there could be multiple Black Panthers in this. That would be the shit.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you want to I personally, uh I want Nakia to take over as Black Panther for a time before they settle on someone else um melissa do you have like a preference as who you would like to see as the black panther for a time i because i i personally do think that we're gonna find out that nakia had a child that child you know kind of like was not involved in the blip um it was not involved in the snap and did not come back in the blip i think we're gonna be i think there might be a huge reveal like there might be a And we are about maybe in the timeline, maybe two to three years removed from the blip. So we might be looking at like an eight-year-old child by this point. If well, there there's is like a, kid? a
5: pregnant belly in one of these trailers or teasers, isn't there?
2: I don't know. I can't confirm that. I
1: think that's maybe Namor's birth scene yes, or yes. definitely a birth scene uh, among his people. That's okay, a- that
5: makes sense because I think it is underwater. Yes, yeah, is. So that totally makes sense. If but you look at that They're not if you look at doing that baby- anything to dissuade you from thinking there's a T'Challa child out there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, if you look at that baby, the baby's got wings on its feet. So that's definitely the birth. Oh, okay. That's the birth Casual. of Namor. So.
5: <laughs> um, but yeah, I would love Nikita to be the Black Panther forever or for a time. Um, I would be here for literally anything they want Lupita Nyong'o to do.
2: Well, I don't think it would be forever. And, I don't, I, I, and the reason I say that is because the character of T'Challa means so much to so many different people. Um, so it's like, I think that if you could somehow find a way to get like his T'Challa's son or daughter
5: mm-hmm.
2: as the next Black Panther. Ooh, that I it, would
5: love if they had a daughter.
2: I want a boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, so I want, yeah, I want, I want a little, I want, I want, I want like. You know, the fucking, you know, the Prince of Wakanda. I went, like, that's what I want. I went, that's just what I want. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Tristan, who would you like?
4: Uh, It's hard to say. I mean, like, I would like to see everyone take a stab at it throughout the movie, including Angela Bassett. That would be cool, I would think. Hell yeah. Um, But yeah, like, I I definitely want to see M'Baku in the suit at some point.
2: Oh my it's god. It's gonna be a
4: it's gonna be a different Black Panther as far as his fighting tech, you know, uh style and all that stuff, but it'll be cool to see.
2: It would be cool. That'd be like a super huge that's like, you know, that's like fucking like Frank Miller Batman, but this is like Frank Miller Black Panther. He's just gonna be you know what I mean, just fucking huge and jacked. Yeah. Yeah,
4: Jake. It's like mowing through people, just running and mowing through people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh Jake, who would you like to see?
4: Yeah, I mean much like Tristan,
3: I have a real cop-out answer. I I don't have like a rooting interest in in anyone. I think a lot of the choices are very very cool. So I'm kind of just strapping in and along for the ride and ready to just accept whichever one of these fantastic choices they give me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Joe, you have a pick? Yeah, I want to see Koye because she's already such an amazing warrior. That to see her with that level of armor and then also maybe powered up in the same sort of way that that an actual Black Panther was, I, I think she could be a real force to be to be reckoned with. Um, just because she's already so skilled, yeah. That that you'd think that you really want to have somebody who's a, a trained warrior as the Black Panther, and so that's why where Okoye, I really like her in it, but. She said in the last movie, you know, I'm not a I'm I'm a spy, I'm not a Dora Milage. And the same with Shuri, it doesn't really make much sense that you'd have your your really bright scientist out there risking their life because that's you know what an incalculable loss to lose her out in the field of combat.
2: It's happened in the comics though, so mm-hmm. that is true. Yeah. But here's the thing with uh, I brought up Nakia in a previous episode, like maybe she's been training with the Dora Milage like in in private, you know, and And she's ready. So I don't know. Yeah,
1: like maybe since then, because, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of time has elapsed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think this is definitely like probably my most anticipated movie for the end of this year. So very much looking forward to this one. Uh, Ironheart was then next up on the stage and uh, Black Panther director Ryan Coogler stayed on the stage to introduce the Ironheart series. Ironheart's going to be showing up in Wakanda Forever first. And the audiences in attendance were shown exclusive footage from the Disney Plus show. Uh, it starts with Riri Williams in her bedroom, and she's testing a microphone on her necklace. Uh, and then the uh, actor Jim Rash, comedian actor Jim Rash, who played the uh, MIT liaison in Captain America. He was the guy who was trying to pitch all of these ideas to Tony Stark, is is actually returning in this series. And... Um, in the footage, he's, uh, uh, Ruby Williams is going to MIT and he's, he's coming down on her for going over budget on some of her MIT projects. Uh, he's, I think she's in her lab and he's there with her as well. And he says, you know, you're not the only student at MIT. And something kind of like one of her experiments blows up in the lab. And, uh, I guess there's like a, a part where she's talking about, putting things back together after taking them apart and how she thinks that that is the best way to figure things out. Um, it was confirmed that actor Anthony Robbins is going to be playing the villain of the series, AKA the hood, a character that was created by Brian K Vaughn and Kyle Hotz. And um, that character made his debut in the hood. Number no. one, back in 2002 and I didn't know much about this character, so I had to look him up. It's a cool character. I'm not familiar. Um, I went to Den of Geek and they they wrote this up about the hood. A minor thug, Robbins fell into a life of crime to care for his mother who was battling with illness through most of his childhood. Uh, he has early memories of a fight between Electro and Daredevil, which enticed him into the world of supervillains. But he would gain his superpowers through an unexpected encounter. On a job which went entirely wrong, Robbins and his partner in crime were attacked by a demonic entity. Parker got lucky, managing to shoot the hellish beast before it could leave its mark on the pair. With the demon left dying, Parker stole the cloak and boots that the beast was wearing, both of which had come directly from the Dark Dimensions resident Dormammu. That theft would change Hood's life forever. Imbued with supernatural gifts, uh, Parker Robbins took on the alias of the Hood and upped his operation while he began to amass great wealth and build a minor empire. His desires were always set on gaining the kind of magical strength that he had slowly grown addicted to. And so this series is setting up um, an interesting kind of of uh, dynamic here as far as like, you know, it's. It sounds like it's going to be dark magic versus science and technology. And I think that that could be really fun. Like, you know, Riri is brilliant. She's a genius. And she can basically, like, you know, make anything out of anything. I mean, we're going to get to see a little bit of that in Wakanda Forever, where she basically is taking, you know... Was it, does it look like parts of a car or something like that, and making a suit out of it? And and in and and in this, she's gonna have. Uh, looks like she's gonna be able to use what they have at uh, MIT to, at her disposal, and she's gonna be able to make you know some technology that's gonna go up against this dark magic. And we we've kind of seen that in the MCU before, you know, with uh, with Iron Man. Uh, you know, battling Thanos in the rings. And was it Iron Man even battled, you know, one of the um, Thanos's children, uh, that wizard guy at the beginning of uh, of Infinity War?
5: Squidward?
2: War- yeah, Squidward. <laughs> yes. Squidward, yeah. So we've seen a little bit of, like, you know, magic versus technology. But, like, this series could, there could be a lot of fun here uh, in this series. I hope that the main lead is is charming and as wonderful as uh you know the actor that played kamala khan in the ms marvel series and if she is you know this could be a really really fun series and and remember it was also announced recently that solo actor alden Ehrenreich has joined the cast as well so i like that actor he's going to be involved in this so i think that disney plus might have a hit on their hands with this one
0: yeah
3: i love um Science versus magic and those kind of those kind of storylines. So
2: I think that's really cool. I, who do they have play in the hood? What's the actor's name? Lloyd Lloyd Avery. Uh, it doesn't even sound close yeah. to that. Oh, yeah. Jake. His name is Anthony <laughs> Robbins. No, Anthony, <laughs> Anthony. What was it? No, yeah, Ramos, it's Ramos, 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 Ramos. Ramos, Ramos. Anthony Raymond,
5: isn't it? It's the guy from. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's from
2: In the Heights. Hamilton. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I. In the
2: Heights. Yeah. 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 Yes, I love him. Who did you say? Did you say Lloyd Bridges? Who, who? <laughs>
4: yeah, I
3: don't even know. I don't even know. Google failed me. Uh,
2: Christopher Lloyd is playing the hood. No.
3: <laughs> I, I, you know what? I searched the hood actor to see who it was, and it brought up the lead of Boys in the Hood.
4: <laughs> Keep it going, Junior.
3: I, I, no, it says Lloyd Avery II.
4: Oh. Uh, who the hell is – yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Who is this guy? I'm telling you, if you Google the Hood actor, no, I it see brings it. up Lloyd. Yeah. I see it. Apparently he died in 2005, whoever he is. My apologies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think this definitely has the potential to be a big hit, though, just because MCU audiences at large, they love Iron Man. And so to bring in another character with a suit that's super smart, and it would be amazing if if they're able to shock us all, and actually have robert downey jr's voice in her suit uh because eventually she's at a point in the comics where the ai in her suit is tony stark
6: yeah that'd be yeah. super
4: cool i just don't know if they can if they were you know if they want to bring tony back that way i would think they would probably save it uh for a bigger event
5: and yeah, there's nothing MCU- is... oh sorry oh go ahead jake
4: I was just going to say, there's nothing MCU
3: fans love more than when you replace one of their favorite characters with a female. They always clamor for that. (laughs) That's a very valid point. Let's
5: do it more. (laughs) I was going to say that I would like Tony's voice to be in her suit and kind of if they need to bring him back, like I would love for the path to be like very firmly AI and in support of another character instead of finding some convoluted way to get him back into the MCU in like a more solid fashion, because I feel like the temptation is probably strong to do that. And the sooner they do something else, (laughs) the further away from like back to life, Tony Stark, we could get.
2: Yeah, I, 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 there's part of me that loves it because, you know, Tony's AI of Jarvis actually, you know, becomes the vision. And I see kind of like how interesting it would be, you know, because that's an AI becoming, you know, something of a android slash human type, you know, thing. And then like this is like the opposite where it's like Tony himself has become an AI. And I think that that's interesting. But part of me just is kind of like, I don't, Hmm. it just it'd be too hard to to hear his voice and as an artificial intelligence and and maybe even if the ai has his humor it just it'd make me miss him too much again i don't know if i could go through it hmm. no that's a really
1: good point The the if it's it would be such a fine line to walk mm-hmm to to do it the right way and also i mean if if they really would be paying Robert Downey Jr. to do it, it's like that's going to make the budget just skyrocket.
3: Mm-hmm. Unless
1: they can get away with doing some sort of shady shit, like uh, you know how Vader sounded like Vader and Obi Wan, but it wasn't really James Earl Jones doing those you know lines live into a microphone.
2: Was yeah, it not? Was, was it not? It alter- wasn't James Earl Jones. I thought that. That I thought.
1: No, that- they. It was. It was an AI.
2: It was that Anthony Bourdain technology they used. I thought that they did that for Luke in the Mandalorian season two, but I didn't know they did that with James Earl Jones.
3: Oh, really? I didn't know they did that with Luke in Mandalorian season two.
2: They did. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm I, I hope that the series is good. I and I hope she has a great introduction into Wakanda forever like we all kind of like love her in that movie and that way we can go into this series just really looking forward to it because I I think that's that's one of my complaints with uh America Chavez in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is like she didn't have enough she didn't have enough moments to kind of shine so
3: I feel like you feel that way about Echo as well oh another example totally totally Um, Yeah, Yeah. I I agree with that. I I hope that her appearance in Wakanda Forever really jumpstarts our want for this series. Like it just makes you can't wait to see the first episode of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with Coogler introducing her, that's a good sign that he's very confident with what role she plays in the movie he seems like he's kind of put her under his wings a little bit just with, you know, that introduction. Ho- hopefully that's a sign that she is a fan favorite
2: in that movie. I hope so. I and hope also,
4: so. the fact that Ryan Coogler's behind behind Heart show, I didn't even know that until D23. And so the fact that there's a link there, I'm sure he had an invested interest in making sure that she pops on the screen in, in Wakanda forever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next thing... That they talked about, uh, they brought out the cast for Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, And Paul Rudd confirmed that Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania will begin a direct line into phase five that leads to the Kang Dynasty plot line, which will in turn culminate with the Avengers, the Kang Dynasty in 2025. Um, most of the footage of the like the the the. The trailer that they showed here to audiences exclusively was also shown at San Diego Comic-Con in mm-hmm. July. Uh, but one scene was extended, and, and and I'll get to the extended scene, but I'm gonna do a refresher of what was shown at San Diego Comic Con and then we'll talk about that extended scene. Um so the trailer opens with Scott Lang, and he's in he's pleased with himself having saved the universe, and he's doing a book tour for his autobiography, look out for the little guy, the crowd, uh, that he's giving this, uh, uh, interview with this, this, uh, it, not an interview. It's, uh, kind of like, a uh, he's on a book tour and people are showing up to this event and he's talking about his time, um, you know, with his part in saving the universe and the crowd is riveted and features a child dressed up as Ant-Man. Um, we also know, from this marvel that Scott Lang has a podcast called uh, Big Me, Little Me. And so, um, oh, yeah, I brought this up in the uh, in our previous episode uh, when we talked about uh, the San Diego footage. But we've always we always ask the question about, like, how do people know all this stuff from the events of Endgame? How do people know, like, what happened during Endgame? Like, this is just like people just know these things. Well, Scott's been detailing these things in his podcast. So that's how people know, you know, about how Black Widow died and and things like that. We also see the dichotomy of Scott's superhero life with his family life as he gets a call that his daughter Cassie Lang has been arrested. Uh, We cut to the Pym family having a dinner uh, together and Scott struggling with parenting as Cassie comes into her own as a young adult. Uh, Michael Douglas's Hank Pym and Michelle Pfeiffer's Janet Van Dyne waste no time in dunking on Scott about his book, along with Lily hope, uh, Lily's Hope Van Dyne. Michael Douglas's Hank Pym is not impressed as he listens to Scott Lang talk about his book tour and all that stuff. Uh, Wise Ears will then recognize a voiceover from Loki's Kang the Conqueror saying, you're an interesting man, Scott Lang. You've lost a lot of time, but time, it isn't what you think. It's not a straight line. The trailer dives into the quantum realm as any trailer for a fan, for a film featuring the world Quantum Mania should. We get a look at Scott's time there during the snap and his life since then before coming back to Pym's lab. When an experiment causes the gravity in the room to warp and bend, Scott tries to keep Cassie from being pulled into the quantum realm at the center of their experiment, but the entire Lang-Pym-Van-Dyne family is yanked inside. Uh, We get another quote from Kang, Everything you are holding on to, everything you call life, I know how it ends. Kang says Scott tells him he made a mistake because he's an Avenger Kang asks you're an Avenger have I killed you before um, once inside that uh, portal we get a bunch of uh, uh, quick cuts featuring the appearance of Bill Murray saying Janet Van Dyne I thought you were dead um, so basically something in the lab explodes and starts sucking them all into the quantum realm. They all end up in another world, navigating it in uh, new suits as Bill Murray's Krylar character shows up. He knows Janet from before. Uh, we see Janet fighting off quantum monsters. Uh, Scott fighting to save Cassie, an emotional moment between Scott and Hope. Uh, through these moments, we get another voiceover from Kang saying, When you can see time the way I do, you can see everything. Everything you're holding on to, everything you call life, I know how it ends. And um, Scott Lang says, I am an Avenger. Kang says, I am a Conqueror. And this is where the extended scene happens. Kang says, all the Avengers die eventually. And then Kang goes on to tell Scott that something was stolen from him and that only ant-man can steal it back. So, Kang here is wanting to use Scott's ant-man suit and his thieving skills to pull off some sort of a heist for him. I didn't expect this twist in the movie. Uh mm-hmm. the question is what was stolen from him? And where will this place Scott? Where is Scott going to? Is I I don't know. I I have this sneaky sus- suspicion that that it might. Could this lead us into events from Loki? Could could Scott be going to the TVA to steal something?
5: So I listened to the Ringer versus episode reviewing all this stuff, and they theorize that maybe the thing that Scott needs to get out of the TVA is Gugu mbatha Ra's character.
2: Oh, of uh. Uh, uh, Rav- Rav- ravana.
5: Ravanna Ravanna
2: ravana Renslayer Ravanna Renslayer yeah I I can see that like, like
5: I do not love the idea of like here's a female character she was stolen from someone like you like people do not get stolen they're not things but it would be fun to get all those characters together doing things so I'm of two minds. It's really not
2: stealing her. It's basically retrieving her because she's been kind of like if it is if she was originally his love interest, she's been kind of like mind wiped by the TVA at this point And she Maybe can't we'll remember. find out
5: she chose to leave him drama.
2: I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't like the idea of him going in there to to get Ravana Renslayer. I don't know. I don't really. So, do you think it's
5: like an item? Like it is a thing?
2: If it is an item, I don't. I lean towards. Well, what is it then? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like,
5: some sort of of,
1: technology that would give him an edge. Yeah, it's It's the ultimate nullifier, MacGuffin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, more or less, it's going to be something like that. I'm, I'm really interested in just seeing how they're going to tackle this with Scott actually being put in a position to where. Because the the thing – I had read something on Reddit earlier saying that Kang's going to kidnap Cassie. And for Scott to get Cassie back, he's going to have to steal this thing for Kang. Mm. And so that's going to put Scott in this position where it's like, shit, this guy's already told me that he kills Avengers. And I'm going to have to do something to help him. And so it does put Scott in this position to where he really wants to save Cassie. And I think he's going to have to do something – I think he's going to have to come through with this. And that's going to, you know, probably make this movie end on a little bit of a sour note in that Kang is coming up ahead. But at least Scott's getting Cassie back and hopefully strengthening all those family bonds and everything. But I could see this having a really dark ending.
2: Oh, that's what I said when we first talked about this, tr- uh, this footage um, that was released at San Diego Comic-Con. I, I I said that I feel like this is going to have very much an Empire strikes back kind of ending.
1: Yes. Like, yeah, without a doubt, especially with a with a a bad guy like like Kang.
3: And I also is it f- possible mm-hmm. that the general public finds out that Scott Lang is responsible for something that's going to lead to so many bad things and like his popularity is completely shattered and destroyed?
2: Maybe I was just there was a part of me that was thinking that, you know, Scott, how at the beginning, he's got so much, it's kind of like the pride before the fall. Like he, he, you know, he's so proud of himself and writing this book and going on this tour. And like, you know, I was responsible for, you know, you know, saving, you know, everything and saving the earth and bringing people back. And I was like this big component of it. And I think King is going to kind of lay it out for him. Like, Hey man, man, I've been orchestrating all this along. Everything that you did, I played a hand in. You just played into it, and it led us. It led you to this moment, and I'm King, the Conqueror, and you know you you aren't shit. And and you know it's it's almost like you know he, he, he not just the Avengers and Scott that that King's been controlling this entire time and orchestrating things to happen his way and fall his way. Like he also did this. He also orchestrated what Thanos was going to do with the stones. Like it meant nothing to him. So maybe he
1: needs to ensure that
2: the Avengers don't have access to that time travel
1: technology. And so he needs Scott to steal shit from the Avengers. Um, and that would be nefarious.
2: I don't know. I just, I feel like it. Hmm. Yeah, because otherwise
1: that's going to be something that audience is going to be questioning is why are not you using your time travel technology to fix this?
2: I just think with him being such a big part in, you know, at the end of Loki, that maybe this would tie into the stuff with the TVA. But I don't know.
3: If only Scott can get it, it would probably be something more than like something in the Avengers compound, though, right? It's probably something within quantum
2: verse. Wouldn't he just be able to walk right in?
3: Yeah, if he needs Scott to get it and he can't get it himself, like that's kind of the biggest clue, right? Oh.
2: I wonder if he's got to steal something from, you know, Bill Murray's character of Krylar in the quantum realm or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah,
3: I'm yeah, worried about to... the Bill Murray factor of it all. I I, I hope that's not just cheeky silliness.
2: And... It will be, and I it will be, and I just don't, I don't <laughs> I don't think it's a big part of the movie. So yeah yeah it's a to me i
3: i may be alone in this but it's a little bit unfortunate that all this big Kang stuff is happening in a third ant-man movie because when i power rank the mcu movies both ant-man movies are at like the bottom 10 percent of my list
2: well i mean it might be the thing that kind of puts this over the edge i mean like i wasn't the biggest fan of like the first spider-man movies you know the first two i thought that they were you know i gave them taste it's i believe and um, oh, I think I gave the second one a high taste of it, but they're not Tupperwares in my opinion. And
3: maybe that's is- great. That's a great point. Thor kind of um, had that same path where the mm-hmm. first two weren't very good movies, and then a stellar third movie kind of brought it back to the forefront. So anything's possible and I could change my mind and I hope Ant-Man three is a good movie, but it's not where I would have chose to have my first Kang appearance. That's for sure.
2: Oh man. I, anything to make me excited to watch this movie and anything to kind of like push, push us forward and into getting into the Kang dynasty and then getting into secret wars I'm here for. So, (laughs)
5: I think if we're going to end this movie on like a down note for the main hero character, Ant-Man's a good choice because there's not like a lot of Ant-Man stands that are going to be pissed off (laughs) that their, you know, hero is losing at the end of their movie.
2: Well, and I think it's just going to, I mean, we've we've seen another movie where, you know, they lost at the end and that movie was Infinity War. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's going to... From that point, from the end of this movie, we're going to speculate on, you know, you got to see your villain win. I think in order to make that villain that much more dangerous and, and, you know, fearful of our, you know, of, of our main characters and meeting them again in another movie. So I like the fact that it's going, it definitely sounds like it's not, you know, like, We know that Ant-Man's not going to win. Like, we know Kang's showing up at the Kang Dynasty. We know we're getting Secret Wars. Like, this is not not like a one-and-done villain. And I kind of love that, so... Yeah.
5: I'm really excited to see Kang do some like real villain shit because I love Jonathan mm-hmm. Major so much and I had so much fun with his appearance in Loki that I at this current moment am like put him in everything. I don't care what he does to anybody because I just want to watch him do things like I need to see him do things that scare me for these characters that I already love or like I'm worried I might just be on his side. <laughs>
2: I think we're going to see so many different Kang variants in that Kang Dynasty movie. So it'll be fun to see him play. I'm so excited. See him play different versions of Kang and like how different they are from yes. like, you know, the one that he played, the version that he played in Loki. Because we're going to get to see so many different variant versions of Kang and like which one's going to come out on top. It's gonna, Of course, it's going to be the Kang the Conqueror. So, we'll see. But I'm really looking forward to that. We got the Werewolf by Night trailer. Um I really don't have like I I didn't really break this down or anything like that, but I I I thought the trailer was super fun. I liked how they did it uh, as far as like um I don't know, it just felt like one of those old like TV events, like they're getting you ready for like a you know, like a TV event and you know, coming this October for Halloween. Woo. And, and I loved how it was in black and white and. Yeah, I'll read the synopsis. On a dark and somber night, a secret cabal of monster hunters emerge from the shadows and gather at the foreboding Bloodstone Temple following the death of their leader. In a strange macabre memorial to the leader's life, the attendees are thrust into a mysterious and deadly competition for a powerful relic. A hunt that will ultimately bring them face to face with a dangerous monster. So it's kind of like a – it feels like it's like – It's like Universal Monsters meets like a Ryan Johnson's Knives Out movie where it's like all these people are trapped in a house. And unbeknownst to one of them, like one of them is a werewolf and they need to find out who it is before they start getting killed off one by one.
3: And that's actually a very popular game, too, that seems to very much have inspired this. The game werewolf seems very Uh, much like
5: bodies, bodies, bodies.
3: Yeah. (laughs) So I thought that was a very interesting twist to take that popular social game and actually apply it to the plot of the show.
2: Oh yeah. People will have fun with that. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I was so uh, surprised to see that Michael Giacchino was the director. I didn't even mm-hmm. know he was a filmmaker.
2: Yeah.
1: It's exciting. I can't wait to see it. And the the trailer just looked so good. Um, I love that it's in black and white and it's really leaning into that, that old school horror feel. It'll be, I'm, I've been really enjoying it when the MCU has been branching out in these different directions and trying something different, and this definitely checks that box because they haven't done anything that looks like this.
3: Yeah, he says it's a dream project of his that he's been wanting to make something in this vein for over ten years now, and how excited he was to you know have the chance to have it be his directorial debut. And yeah, I, I thought the trailer was very fun too. I, I loved the cigarette burns and the footage that you saw and everything. I they went all out to make this look you know very universal.
2: I'm hoping that this is like a huge hit and this becomes a yearly tradition with like, you know, Disney Plus that they give us a different kind of like horror type event that we can look forward to every Halloween
3: yeah, I agree. That would be a lot of fun. And I too loved just that introduction. It made it feel like, you know, Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown was getting ready to come on CBS at seven o'clock. Like just that classic network special presentation bumper. It was was so funny. Brought back so much nostalgia for me.
4: Yeah.
1: Are we excited to get that glimpse of man thing in the trailer?
3: Yeah, that's I, I can't wait to see what
2: they're gonna do with him. <laughs> Same. Um <laughs> uh, My Time to Shine Hello tweeted. I think this morning. Yeah, it was this morning. Uh, expect to see a Man Thing in three additional Marvel projects going forward. Oh. Huh.
4: Wow! I wonder what three those three could- additional.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but I'm really looking forward to Werewolf by Night now. I didn't know how much I was looking forward to it until I saw this fucking trailer, and it did its job. It looks like it's going to be different and a lot of fun. I agree. It nailed the mood. It looks so fun. Uh, next up was Secret Invasion. And remember, Marvel Studios, they actually labeled this as a crossover event. I think it's the first thing they've ever labeled as a crossover event, but it's not like we haven't seen crossover events before. Um, basically it just means that we're seeing a lot of characters from other MCU movies and, and possibly Disney plus shows pop up in the series. And we did get to see quite a few of them in this trailer. I don't have a full trailer breakdown for you. I'm sorry. I just don't, but I do want to talk about the trailer and what did stick out to me. Um, they, uh, we did get to see the trailer, but they did show that trailer, but on, uh, online, but, um, at D 23, they, they showed an extended scene of the meeting between Brody war machine and Nick Fury. And in the extended scene, uh, it's that, it's that meeting where they're talking to one another. Fury asks how well he knows his security detail. Brody says, now is not the time to be playing games with titles. I'm the only friend you got left, Fury. Nick Fury says we are under an invasion right now. And Brody says he knows, and that 15 years ago, the Pentagon was aware of the scroll invasion and brought him in on a secret project. And so if he's been in if he's if he's known about this for 15 years. And we're kind of speculating that in the timeline for this series is probably going to be around 2025. So, it would make it 2010 when he found out, which is around the time of Iron Man 2. So, he's known about this for quite a while. The thing that I'm hearing is that he might have actually been brought in by another faction of Skrulls. And it might be the bad ones. So, like... We know Nick Fury is like sided with the good ones. And Brody might have been brought into all this by a faction of scrolls that are the bad ones. And so this could be humans and scrolls on one side fighting against another group of humans and scrolls on the other side. And both sides are going to be led by either, you know, like War Machine. <laughs> and the other side's going to be Nick Fury. So it's going to be kind of like those two going at each other. And fighting different sides of, like, the secret invasion scroll war that's going on. And I also got the feeling that, like, one of these two, War Machine or Fury, is a scroll. Oh, I like that twist. it has
3: got to be a big reveal. Why even call the secret invasion if we're not going to get at least one, oh, shit, he's a scroll?
2: Oh, no, they've promised that. They've promised us that one of, like, one of these characters that we've been following all these years... We're going to find out one of them is a scroll. <laughs> and if I had to. I, if I, I love that, dude. If I had to bet, I'm thinking it's Nick Fury.
4: He's the last one that I would pick because we've already seen him as a scroll. So I would think that they would just, you know, throw us for a
2: real loop. I'm just. Yeah. I mean, I just think. I feel like War Machine Brody. I feel like Brody's going to be the guy who is duped here. And I just. Re- Maybe Maria Hill. Maybe that's a good one. It's, you know, we haven't seen much of her. That's lately just not a. West. It's just not big enough for me, man. I want fucking like a bigger, you know, a bigger and a bigger named fucking Marvel. It would be maybe an Avenger for crying out loud would blow me away. Yeah, yeah.
3: It would be yeah. crazy if it was Fury, because he seems to be like the character we're we're gonna be following in this show. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but that would be one hell of a twist that you know our POV character ends up being the Scroll.
2: Yeah, I just kept thinking to myself like maybe like the Fury that we've been following here all this time has been a Scroll. Like both of them have been a Scroll, and we're gonna find out like like you know will the real fucking Nick Fury, please stand up. You know, I, it just <laughs> that would blow my mind. Like we've been following the both of like both of the Nick Furies that we've been introduced to. We're going to find out both of them are scrolls. It was just I don't know. That would just blow me away.
1: That would be pretty wild. The, like what if our real Nick Fury's been like held captive in a spaceship for a long time? He doesn't even know that, they'd have, that they, they put the Avengers initiative into place and shit.
3: did you guys like this trailer i thought this trailer was a
2: little bit of a dud i I don't know like i I was not impressed i was not impressed at all
5: it felt very um like reminiscent of like falcon and the winter soldier seeing this stuff and being like okay mcu cookie cutter thank you I like
4: yeah, the tone man. of it. I like the I like the fact that it just felt very mature and adult. Like there was just no jokes and things in it. But yeah, black heroes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I
3: just this didn't do much for me. I was a little bit lackluster about it and was hoping for a little bit more spice
2: in this trailer. Yeah, I was not impressed by the trailer. Um I mean, it just it really didn't show us a whole lot. I think there's just so much mystery behind it. And right now we're just asking ourselves like, who's the scroll? Who's, you know, who's the scroll, who's the scroll. And we're going to be asking ourselves that, but it didn't do a whole lot to get me excited for it. Um, Olivia Coleman is going to be in the series. She's rumored to be playing a character named Fallsworth. And um, she's basically, what I'm hearing is like the British version of Nick Fury. And if her name is Fallsworth, it would make her related to James Montgomery Falsworth, a.k.a. Union Jack, the British officer from Captain America, the first Avenger. And he joined the elite special unit of Allied soldiers, the Howling Commandos, and was one of the men that fought with Captain America against Hydra in that movie.
3: Oh, cool. Yeah, that's a neat connection.
2: Uh, Amelia Clark is in the series. Uh, according to leaker, my time to shine. Hello on Twitter. Uh, she is going to be playing a scroll named Veronki, the supervillain of the secret invasion comics plotline. Veronki is all over the comics continuity, but she's probably best known for impersonating spider woman and working as a double agent for Nick Fury. Um, there was one scroll in the trailer that we saw uh and that one scroll that they did feature in the trailer looked different than the ones we've seen in Captain Marvel. He had uh purple splotches on his skin. Did you guys notice that? mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that's going to be like a, a signifier that, oh, this is a, a different race of scrolls or like a, a different sect
2: from where we saw Talos and his people. I was thinking possibly Super Scroll. Ooh, I hope. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, wasn't there that scene where we see somebody rip a lock off a door or something like that? And like, I was thinking, you know, maybe that was a Super Scroll, but I don't know.
3: Do you think we, we would get a comic accurate super scroll where they give them different power sets?
2: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think we will, Jake.
3: Yeah. I lean towards, we won't either. They'll yeah. still, you want to use the name super scroll, but it'll just be, he has these powers.
2: Yeah. And we got some shots of Martin Freeman in the trailer. I'm looking forward to seeing him in, uh, in this series. Who does he plays? Everett Ross. Is it Everett Ross? Is that the yep. name of his I forget character? his character's name. Yeah, Everett Ross. Uh, moving on. Jake, you probably want to take a break, don't you, buddy? Oh, dude, you read my. Oh, name. God, I knew <laughs> it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back, and then we're going to talk about uh, announcements, some of the announcements for Loki Season 2
6: and that footage. We'll be right back. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and denim and yogurt and the next thing you know you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would And Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient. Just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth.
2: All right, yeah, we're back and we're going to be talking about Loki season two. And um, yeah, one of the big things that we learned from this portion is that Kihi Kwan uh who is was he was most recently in everything what was it everything everywhere all at once is that the name of the movie mm-hmm. yep correct yeah. yeah he's been cast in the series and he's playing some sort of like a uh, an archivist or a record keeper for the TVA and um so that's exciting i love the actor so that's exciting that he's going to be showing up and he did show up in some of the footage um, that they did show at, uh, San Diego Comic, not San Diego Comic Con, uh, D23. It was confirmed that the upcoming season of Loki will connect the entire multiverse saga.
1: Wow. Excellent. Yeah. Big lift.
2: Yeah. So that's, that's huge. Where are you guys at with these Disney Plus shows? Like, which one's been your favorite? I, I'm putting Loki up there. I, I mean, I think it really at this point. I think I'm. I think my two favorites completed. I'm not talking about She Hulk is not done yet, so we can't really kind of include that one in the list yet. But I think like I, I'm I bounce back and forth between Loki and Ms. Marvel. Like those are my, and then I think like a and then it's like then it's like WandaVision and then it's like Falcon and Winter Soldier but like i think like my top 2 are probably like Loki and Miss Marvel right now
4: it's WandaVision for me that's my favorite WandaVision's
3: my favorite too i, I think followed closely by Loki though
2: yeah Loki's
1: my favorite and Miss Marvel the, there were some parts of those episodes that i didn't really like but overall i i loved the tone on that series and and i thought that the um I'm blanking on the actress's name, but I thought she was just wonderful in the role. Yeah.
2: Amanda. What is her name? What's her name?
5: Uh, Miss Marvel, Iman Vellani.
2: Yeah, Thank Iman you. Vellani. Yeah, she plays Kamala Khan. She was great. Loved her.
1: Oh, her energy's fantastic. Yeah. Like on and off the camera. Right. I mean, she's, she's just wonderful.
5: Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Like Loki, WandaVision, Miss Marvel, and then Hawkeye are my favorite. Because I got to have my Yelena.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, That's I the love best part that part of Hawkeye, for sure. If she was in every episode, it would be the best show
1: <laughs> without a doubt that that uh, chemistry between Yelena and um, and Kate Bishop was just spectacular.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I liked Hawkeye, too. Um, there was some footage that was shown to the audience at D23. It starts with Loki and he's in looks like he's in, an, in the TVA headquarters and he's reading a manual and um, he starts to greet someone who we don't see. Someone is off screen and he goes to say hello. But before he can get it out, he's glitching around the room. So somebody is like using one of those TVA reset devices that they used in season one. So whoever it is, they don't want him to be there and they're not giving him a chance to speak or get away or do anything. Uh, they cut away to a scene of him fighting in a hallway. Then there's a scene of him. He's taking a mural off the wall. And the mural that he's taking off the wall, it depicts the three timekeepers that we saw. In season one. But behind the mural you see these three gold faces, with one of them being the face of Jonathan Majors as Kang. Uh, it then cuts to another scene. We, it's uh, yeah, actor Ki He Kwan, who I said is going to be playing like a TVA records keeper. Um, it's a scene between him and Loki. And then we get a look of an old Hollywood premiere and Sylvie listening to records in a music shop. And then uh, a shot of Loki and Mobius wearing vintage tuxedos. They're probably on their way to that Hollywood premiere. And um, these were actually uh, leaked. Th- these There were photos of, uh, of uh, Loki and Mobius in these uh, tuxedos. So we saw Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson in these tuxedos. These were leaked photos that came out a few months back. Uh, the next scene sees Loki falling through the middle of... of a a huge TVA building, so he's following. The footage ends with dialogue from Loki saying, I don't want you to think I'm the bad guy in all this. Mobius replies, who says you were? Loki then starts to rattle off names. Miss Minutes, a bunch of Avengers, and then he finishes with Mobius himself. So that's how it ends. So um, not a lot to go on there, but uh, yeah. if, uh, If it's anything as good as Loki season one and if it's basically going to be you know connecting the entire multiverse saga I think this is another can't miss on uh can't can't not watch on Disney plus like you've got to watch this one
1: oh without a doubt especially with this one linking everything together like yeah, people are going to be lost if they don't watch this one, which which then kind of drags us into that debate of are they? Well, is, is everyone OK? <laughs>
5: yeah, my cat knocked my water bottle because he's getting fussy. <laughs> 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 of
4: course. <laughs> what a diva. I, I, don't,
2: I, I thought Tony Stark was back there making another Iron Man suit in a cave or something.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Uh, This one does bring up that argument, though, of like, are you missing out on stuff if you're not watching these Disney Plus shows? Because if this is going to be the thing that links all of this stuff together, then sounds like a pretty critical watch.
2: It does. It does. I mean, like, you got to think that like, even that Loki season one was such a huge show. But they found ways to get around this, didn't they, Joe? Like, even in Spider-Man yeah, if
1: they if they write these things correctly, the the movies need to do some sort of job to summarize what happened in in these D- in these Disney Plus shows because
2: yeah. there's going to be a contingent of your audience, casuals, that aren't going to watch them. Well, they found ways to get around this. Like, I mean, we were going into thinking like Multiverse of Madness, you have to watch Loki season one. What was the workaround? Oh, okay. We're actually going to be introducing elements of the multiverse to fans in the theater before all this happens in a huge movie called Spider-Man No Way Home. So that was kind of like their workaround. Like if you didn't see Loki season one, you still got a taste of the multiverse and, you know, like that breach kind of being opened between the multiverse in Spider-Man No Way Home. It's like they kind of, you know what I mean? They kind of find another well, yeah, way to yeah, do it, which right? Which everyone
4: saw. Well, the director of Multiverse of Madness never even saw WandaVision. So it's like, you know, they can make these movies and just summarize kind of what happened before. I mean, it's just yeah, going to kind of be. I like,
5: that that was a mistake.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think mean, it's just going to kind of be like comic book reading, right? Where it's like if you read all these back issues and, and things leading up to it, you're just going to have a greater appreciation for the overall story.
3: I agree with that. I would like it to work
5: like that, but I think the Wandavision multiverse of madness kind of shows us that they're not there yet.
3: Yeah. Uh, Best case scenario, each movie works on its own merits. And you like Tristan's saying that it'll enhance the overall view. But each one can still – you'll still understand each one from top to I bottom. I would
5: love that because then I could bring people to see a Marvel movie with me without having to take them to dinner and give them a two-hour diatribe of what the fuck is going on.
2: <laughs> what, I'm curious, Melissa, just what for you didn't work – I can get into what didn't work in Multiverse of Madness for me. But what didn't work for you as far as I like think, connecting everything? So
5: it's not that it didn't work For me personally, because I think that what I what I really um, like bristle with is the way that Wanda was handled in that film. And I think it works for me because I watched WandaVision a bunch of times and I love it. And I have like a big emotional connection to that character. So I feel for me that I was able to kind of fill in a lot of that in between stuff, but I think that if the director had seen WandaVision or, you know, more people who saw the movie had seen WandaVision, they would have been able to ride a little bit more with what happened with Wanda's character, or it could have been a little bit better developed in the film so that we're not having these like conversations about Wanda's character, you know, rather than conversations about like what actually happened in the film.
2: I think it's got problems even if. Even if you watch WandaVision and watch Multiverse of Madness, I still think it has its problems. They don't yeah. address. Yeah. They don't address the fact that she's got access to the multiverse. They basically say in that movie, we're gonna get to the D23 stuff here, but we're Marvel nerds, so we're gonna talk about this shit right now. So <laughs> settle down, people. You probably if you're <laughs> listening to this, you've seen those movies, and, and so everything that we're saying here should be kind of like relevant. But um like they, she's got access to the multiverse, limit unlimited multiverses where anything is possible in every multiverse. Mm-hmm. But her only goal is to get her kids. Like, there's no... The, the, our Wanda is not even thinking about getting her brother back. She's not thinking about getting vision. vision back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the, you think that... I honestly feel like they just served the wandavision show and nothing else and i feel like that's at a huge detriment to that movie because they're only serving the events of wandavision and and See, and the loss of her kids they're not serving anything else that happened in the movies before that the death of her I, brother yeah, in age of I ultron agree.
5: i think that they're and and even like to go further, like it's they're not even serving everything that happened in WandaVision, like just the kids' portion. I think because someone told Sam Raimi, like, oh, her kids disappeared at the end of that show, and he's like, great, she's a villain. Which, like, I was fully prepared and I wanted her to be a villain, and I liked that that played out. But yeah, having only the one motivation, like, that is a that's on that's yes.
2: Oh, here's the here. but she was she was controlled she was controlled by the dark hold like that's i think when the dark hold got a hold of her that's what pushed like the one thing you know what i mean that's what kind of like
5: yeah but i'm trying to see like her bring visions back like i sure she's gonna get taken by this book and be evil as shit i want more and more i agree (laughs) it's
2: like just because like just because she hears, like, the voices of her kids at the end of WandaVision, it's just like, okay, those are the two voices that you hear, her mm-hmm. two kids, um, you know, so that's what she's going to be looking for in the next movie. It's like, well, why isn't she hearing Pietro? Why isn't she hearing Vision? Just her mm-hmm. kids. So the do- dark hole basically is also controlling, like, who she's fucking mourning as well. Because, like, the Vision death is pretty fucking recent, too. Like, mm-hmm. in the WandaVision movie, she's, like, showing up uh you know uh, tr- uh worried about you know vision's body being experimented on mm-hmm. and by the end of that series and by the time we get into the multiverse of madness movie it's all about just getting her kids back and so so
5: i think that if if all of wandavision was considered required reading for the fans and for everyone involved we would have had more of that stuff in the movie you know what i mean like that's why i think that They're not writing this line very well between TV being one thing and movies being one thing like I they either need to be fully integrated or not at all, because what they're doing right now, I I think is doing a disservice to the characters that are showing up in both.
2: And they're completely missing some of the stuff that audiences watched in the movies as well when she's not doing anything about vision or doing anything about her dead brother.
5: I just we're too far gone for these to work on their own. I think like I love that idea in theory because I would like more people to be able to enjoy this without having like a huge backlog of movies. But it's like that this is already unprecedented and like that seems impossible (laughs) from what we've seen.
3: It's definitely a very daunting task to be able to make that work. But uh, I, I do think you're unfairly blaming Raimi for something that he wasn't hired to do. I mean, Raimi was just hired to direct the oh, shit yeah. out of the script that he was given. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's
5: his fault that he didn't watch WandaVision. Whoever decided that WandaVision wasn't important to the film, like, this is 100% on them. And I like Multiverse of Madness a lot. Well,
3: yeah, yeah, it's definitely the writer that kind of skipped that beat. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the
4: writer also forgot to tell us who the kid's father was, too. (laughs) I think we're going to I think we're going to
2: get to that still. (laughs) The writer also was like (laughs) the writer also could have wrote in like a version where like their mother died. Right. Yeah yeah absolutely i mean in all the multiverse in all the multiverses you're you're telling me that there's not a there's not one where like these kids are orphans and might be happy that their mother has returned for them even though her fingers are blackened now (laughs) from the dark hold i don't know i don't know that movie's got its problems um let's move on into the echo panel uh there was exclusive footage shown here and it was of uh they showed a lot of uh, uh, of echoes uh, in uh, past and uh, of of her uh, uh, ancestors' indigenous history, and it goes on to kind of like t- uh, explain kind of like what what uh, her name means to her, um, Echo, and uh, her heritage echoes through the generations. And you see Maya Lopez in this trailer riding on a motorcycle, and you hear a voiceover of an old man say, "Our ancestors were powerful." Then a flashback of an indigenous tribe as you hear their strength echoes through you. Um, and then it's revealed that the voice that you've been hearing is uh, revealed to be one of Echo's elders, possibly her grandfather, played by actor Graham Greene. And uh, he gives Echo a prosthetic leg with uh, writing on it that means warrior. And then she signs to him that she needs to go home. Um, remember... Uh, Leaker can we get toast on Twitter was talking about this series on uh late in July and said expect some crazy supernatural mystical elements in the show most likely her native ancestry. So, I was looking more forward to like a, another kind of like Marvel street level show and this feels like it's going to get into some of like the uh supernatural supernatural and mystical elements. I think that this With that reveal, if it is true, that this series might be setting up Echo to possibly be an entry into the Midnight Sun series that's been rumored.
3: Oh, that'd be cool. I could see that with all the mystical stuff going on. It does sound like they're still going to balance some of the street stuff because we do know like D'Onofrio is going to be here and
2: whatnot. Oh, 100%. 100%. I was just like, I just wanted a street level show. That's like what I wanted.
4: I have to say after this presentation that I I definitely have a little bit more interest in the show. I didn't have a lot going into it after Hawkeye. I don't think that show did a lot of favors for that character. Um, but just the description of the show and seeing how passionate the cast was about it and, and it just leaning into the whole indigenous culture thing, I feel that it's going to be something special.
2: Not going to lie, I'm showing up for Kingpin. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm showing up for Kingpin. I wonder how much, Kingpin. A, how much of a lead into to what's going on with him in the next Daredevil series there's going to be.
2: Well, they did the footage that they showed did show that Kingpin is indeed alive. He's back. He's got a bandage over his eye. And at the end of the footage, he says to Maya, it's been a long time. And so that's where the footage ended. So he's going to be in there. Um, yeah. I'm really curious to see what that dynamic between them is going to be like. Mm hmm. Yeah, we know she uh, also, there's also shots of her battling the, the, the tracksuit mafia as well that we saw in the Hawkeye series. So, yeah, Kingpin's going to be a big part of this.
1: Sweet. Be good to get those those guys back, bro.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bro. 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 Oh my god. Um, yeah. So, uh, I wish I, I'm excited for this show because we're getting more Kingpin. I wish I was more excited because of like what they did with her in the Hawkeye series, but I really feel like they didn't do enough with her to make me excited, sadly, for her character. And I'm hoping, now that she's got her own series, that'll change. Hopefully they'll be able to turn me around on her because i I think they just didn't give her a lot honestly
1: no they they didn't, and I felt like the best stuff with her was in episode three where it was showing the flashback stuff with her connections with her father and so if if they can lean into that a bit with connections with their other family members, then you know hopefully they'll they'll be able to hit that same vein,
2: yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah do you, do we think that this is going to be a direct lead into like what we're going to be seeing in the Daredevil movie? I think so. so.
4: Yeah,
3: I think so. I mean, it they were back to back at D twenty three. I don't. I think that was a little bit on purpose. Um, yeah, I think the D'Onofrio stuff is going to lead right into what we're seeing him do in Born Again.
2: I think it's interesting that. The Daredevil show, we'll get to Daredevil and what happened there, but like, I think it's interesting that it's going to be 18 episodes and it makes me think like, is he going to be battling the same person throughout the entire series or could it be like he's doing other things maybe? Because I mean, I keep hearing that Bullseye's coming back, like everybody, like all the leakers are saying Bullseye coming back, we're getting Bullseye. And I keep thinking like maybe like the first like nine episodes or whatever is going to be like him and Bullseye. And then it finishes like with with him and Kingpin or something. I don't know. I just it's just it's hard, hard to imagine 18 episodes and it's a one bad guy through line.
3: So I completely see what you're saying.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a lot.
3: 18 episodes. Is Marvel going to wait till the episode 15 to tell us who the real villain is with an 18 <laughs> episode show order? Hope it's not. hard
5: for me to even imagine the making a disney plus mcu show with that many episodes.
3: It's hard I just
5: to imagine
4: like, any streaming show with that many.
5: I know, Jesus. and they really went so hard from like people saying, Hey, guys, maybe six episodes isn't enough to tell these stories And they said, fine, eighteen
2: are these gonna be? 30 minutes your
5: beef with 10
2: <laughs> are, are they going to be 30 minute episodes 45 minute episodes an hour yeah, episodes that's a good point too. i mean or some episodes going to be shorter than others uh, you know different links and because they can get away with that on streaming i i, just, I really don't know i really don't know how they're going to be doing this it's interesting so charlie cox in the panel said it's going to be twice as long so
4: i'm guessing i'm hoping it's full episodes you know when they yeah when they, you know 18 episodes you know 45 50 minutes you say that now, you
2: say that now that's okay. a lot that's, that's a lot of Daredevil unless they split the season up like you know is it eighteen sense. weeks in a row that's insane yeah. that's like a third of the year I think it should be Daredevil I think it should be nine and a break with a big cliffhanger and then come back in a month or two and give us the other nine, kind of like what Andor's going to do, yeah, well, and that's oh, I don't two think seasons. I they consider that two seasons. This is considered one season. Yeah, because yeah,
3: Andor and was... Melissa is doing back-to-back 12-episode seasons with a break okay. in between.
5: Okay. because And I was thinking um, with the Daredevil news, like, when's the last time I've watched anything that had 18 episodes? And it's network dramas. Like, I watch Grey's Anatomy. But then they do a mid-season finale and then a mid-season return. So... Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be structured, you know, like, 1A, 1B. Well, the problem
6: with, like,
2: my biggest problem with, like, and I I did when I was first watching the CW, you know, superhero shows, the DC stuff. I did enjoy those, but the problem I had, and I think the problem that they had, was that, you know, they had to do 20, 22, 23 episodes a season. And so some of the episodes were just filler. (laughs) filler episodes. Um so I I that's not what I want from you know like a Daredevil season. I don't want filler episodes with Daredevil. I want every episode to matter, every episode to count. And so Keep tight and important. Yeah, exactly. So that was Echo, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping that they can get me more excited for, for the character of Echo in this series. I really do, because uh, I, I want to love this show. I want to look forward to more than just waiting for Kingpin to show up. Uh, or, you know, and, and Daredevil, who's rumored to be showing up in the series as well. Uh next up was Fantastic Four. Um really all that happened here was Feige confirmed that Matt Shackman is the director of the film taking over for John Watts, who left the project. Um there were no Fantastic Four cast announcements, but um I did read Boris Kitt from uh the Hollywood Reporter tweeted. Feige points to director Matt Shackman in the audience, confirms he is helming the Fantastic Four movie. Why isn't he on stage? Feige asks. Because we have nothing else to say or show, there will be another D23 before it comes. And that was followed up later by a tweet by Justin Kroll from Deadline. He said, So there were all these rumors leading up to D23 of a cast reveal and going forward, here some ways to temper expectations. Feige, for the most part, does not want to make big casting decisions without getting input from his director. So, that's what, uh, that's what the holdup is is here. We, who knows, if John Watts would have stayed on the project, maybe they would have had some casting announcements for the Fantastic Four. But with Shackman just, uh, you know, coming on board the project, not really having a, a lot of time, with it and feige wants to make sure that he is going to have some input with casting decisions that's what we're waiting on here right now so do we really think that we're gonna have to wait until the next d23 no no
3: way because this movie comes out november 2023 right am i wrong
2: you're wrong
3: is it 24
2: I think it comes out in phase. It's like the first movie in phase six, right? So, its date's been announced, though, right? Yeah, it has. I'm looking it up right now. Fantastic Four MCU release date: 2024, November 8th, 2024. So maybe then, maybe it might be the next D23. Um, you could, you might or say. San Diego Comic Con. You might say that. <laughs> yeah, but, no kidding, but. You don't know if if Marvel's going to be a part of San Diego Comic-Con next year. I feel like Marvel showed up to San Diego Comic-Con kind of as a favor this year to kind of like... I I could see it. Well, they haven't had a proper San Diego Comic-Con in two years since 2019 because of the pandemic. And I think that... Three years. What's that?
4: That was three years. 2019.
2: Yeah, they had one in 2019. They didn't have one in 2021 and 20 uh, 2020
3: and 2021. It's only been two. They only missed two.
2: Yes, that's what I'm saying. So they had it in 2019. They didn't have it in 2020 and 2021. So it was two years that they didn't have it and it came back in 2022. And so I think like Marvel kind of did them a solid and made it a bigger event for them, you know, because like before there was D twenty three, like this is where they were making those big announcements of like, you know, like the Avengers cast coming out on stage all together for the first time and stuff like that. And it was kind of like a big you know, it really helped promote that movie and 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 Marvel. I think Marvel did him a solid and kind of like, you know, kind of like kept keeping San Diego comic kinda live and relevant after two years mm-hmm. off. So um I yeah, don't what's the biggest announcement without Marvel there this year? Yeah. I mean, because really. Even knows. I mean, really. I mean, yeah, it was, you know, okay, Apple TV Plus was there for the first time. And, you know, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, it's Marvel. And like DC couldn't do nothing because they got this fucking the guy Ezra Miller fucking everything up for them. So <laughs> they, they don't know what, they don't know what to do over there. And so, yeah, I, I think that, I think that Feige. And Marvel Studios did them a solid and made sure that San Diego Comic-Con kind of came back with a bang. It was kind of like, you know, paying it forward a little bit for, for San Diego. But, you know, I think that definitely we'll probably get those casting announcements for the Fantastic Four, the next D23. I think they will save it for that, Jake.
3: Yeah, I, I'm buying it, too. Now that I know it's 2024, that's, that's still a long time. Like, if we announce it a year from now that's still quite a long it's still over a year before we're seeing that movie so yeah I buy it too it's crazy to think though we have to wait a whole nother year when like so much of the buzz right now about rumors has been about this casting
2: can we believe the Jodie Comer rumors now that it's a whole year before yeah, we
3: know what's going to so. be said I it kind of throws everything out the window for me
2: yeah man I mean here's the thing it's like uh it was uh last week I I had heard a list of of six names that they had been throwing around for Sue Storm. Vanessa Kirby being one of them, Jodie Comer, Amanda Seafried. Um, can't remember the other, I, I could probably pull it up, but I was really excited for Amanda Seafried. Like that was, I was really excited for her, but man, if we, I love Jodie Comer as well. I think she's fantastic. I mean, pretty much any name on that list was, was pretty good. So, um, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know if I can buy into that now. Jake, the Jody Comer rumor.
3: Yeah, like I said, everything's out the window for me. I really don't buy any of it now, knowing that they've got a whole nother year to kind of figure it out. I think it's a very important cast for them. I don't think they're going to make any decisions without putting the four of them together and checking out that chemistry as well. I, I got to imagine that they're going to go that route when figuring out who to ultimately cast as these four characters.
2: Yeah, but do like a you
3: can't just cast four people and then hope they have great chemistry. I <laughs> think they're going to they're going to prove it.
2: I think. Yeah. yeah, I think you have to do some sort of like table read or something like that with them. So
1: mm-hmm. it makes sense that they'd be holding on to this for D23 next year also because they've done so many announcements this year and they need something exciting for next year. Oh, yeah. This will definitely be exciting. And if 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 it's true that it's going to be a long time before we're going to see an X-Men movie, it doesn't look like they're going to be announcing that at the next D23.
2: Mm. Oh, that's infuriating, isn't it?
1: It sure is. It's like, what, what's the <laughs> fucking hold up here? How did you not have a script in your back pocket?
2: <laughs> no, I think it's Joe. I just think it's like Feige had Feige had everything planned out through these, you know what I mean? We, we, he, yeah. he has these, he has these retreats where they plan for 10 years ahead. Right. And so just because they have access to like, like with Spider-Man, they had to do that. Cause that deal, they had to make that deal with Sony happen. So you've got to like change things up. You've got to bring Spider-Man into the yeah. universe because they don't own the character. They own the X-Men and they're not worried about that at all. They're not going anywhere. They own the X-Men. We yeah, own them
4: now. Yeah, you got to keep in mind that they, like, that's like the ace that they have, right? That they can just throw out there whenever the MCU gets stale. And they have so many characters and so many projects and things that they can um, keep us excited with for years to come that they don't have to rush into X Men.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, Tristan. It's like, it is. you know, how do you, I mean, how do you energize something that, already has a lot of like hype and, and, and traction and, and you know what is crazy though? It's the fact that let's talk about, I want to talk about this is that Thor love and thunder just did not do the box office that I thought it was capable of doing. And I think a lot of the, Marvel casual fans are not seeing this as, like, appointment viewing in the theater anymore. And they are just like, oh, okay, I'm going to be able to watch this movie on Disney Plus in just a couple months. I'm just going to wait for it.
4: These things are coming out on Disney Plus so shockingly fast. Like, I sometimes, I'm just shocked to, like, turn on my TV and see it sitting right there, (laughs) you know, and... I think people are catching on. Like you said, it's going to get to the point where people are just going to almost treat everything like it's a Disney plus show and just fucking watch it on Disney plus.
2: I mean, it has to be like a Spider-Man, no way home type of like hype behind it. You know, like, Oh my God, are we going to see the three Spider-Man on the big screen together? Like that was like huge. And I don't, I, I mean yeah, I, they
3: might not have a billion dollar movie until Avengers Secret Wars at this rate if, if people feel that way uh, I mean that feels like the next
2: I think Black Panther's going to bring them out in droves yeah Wakanda
3: Forever I, I apologize I, I, that could be the highest grossing MCU movie of all time
4: yeah Wakanda Forever has like it brings a lot of people to the theater that don't normally watch Marvel movies so I think that's going to definitely do big business um, but yeah like I feel after Wakanda forever, they don't have like a surefire, big, huge film until uh, probably Avengers uh, Con.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't see, you know, for as much as I enjoyed the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I just can't see like Captain America, New World Order being a huge... I think it'll do fine in the box office, but I think it's like another one of those movies like where a lot of people it would just be like, oh, I'll be able to watch this on Disney Plus in a few months. Same thing with Thunderbolts. So, you know, I, I, I think it'll do fine in the box office. I just don't...
4: But Guardians. I'm, Guardians might do pretty well, too. But I don't know if it's going to hit a billion.
2: Yeah, Guardians will do fine. Yeah. Let's move on into... Daredevil born again. Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio were on stage. Um, they have nothing shot for this, but Charlie Cox did introduce a scene of him as Daredevil in the upcoming episode of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. It, the scene shows Jen Walters as herself, not as She-Hulk. And uh, her and Daredevil are standing next to each other on a rooftop, and they're looking down at some bad guys. And uh, they get into like, this debate about what's the difference between goons and henchmen. and you know it's kind of like that's that's excellent (laughs) yeah Um, Daredevil says that uh, a henchman does what he does because he believes in the cause and a goon does what he does because of a paycheck and then Daredevil starts listening to the individual heartbeats and he hears uh, that that he's hearing and and he, he can count how many of them are down there and he tells Jennifer Walters like how many of them of, of them are down there and then she's like how can you do that and he explains that he can hear their heartbeats um and then apparently there's like a a scene where he gets close to her listening to hers and they almost kiss and then she kind of like shakes Yeah, her. I read this. She she shakes herself out of it and and he says let me handle this and, and then he flips off the roof um yeah so like uh I I don't know a lot about like I'm going to get into an interview that they had with Charlie Cox here in a moment mm-hmm. about like this Daredevil show, but I don't know everything they're going to be doing with this character in the MCU going forward. But one thing hasn't changed. He's able to woo anyone, any woman. He's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a player Matt Murdock is. Holy shit. Oh if my God. There's gosh. one thing we know about Daredevil
1: and it it's Daredevil fucks Daredevil. <laughs>
2: Daredevil lays some fucking pipe, doesn't he?
1: I can only imagine what sort of fourth wall break she's going to have after that scene. It's going to be great.
2: Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I got this from The Direct. In a recent interview with Extra TV, Daredevil, Born Again star Charlie Cox was asked about the upcoming show. And if it was connected to the Netflix series he starred in from 2015 to 2018. He stated that he doesn't know anything, but has a feeling that this is a new beginning with new ideas and won't be tied to the Netflix series. Quote, I don't know anything. I haven't seen a script. My feeling is based on the title Born Again. I think that the sense is it is a new beginning. It is going to be different. It is going to be totally different. It's going to be new stories and new ideas. The actor then went on to say that he spoke with Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige about the situation where the MCU mastermind explained that the new series is, quote, is a season one and not, quote, a season four. Which Cox believes is the way to go. It is a season one. It is not a season four. So it's a whole new thing, which I think is the way to go. If you're doing it again, do it differently. Charlie Cox also spoke with Variety. I hate everything I'm fucking hearing here.
3: Cox, who's being paid for this, thinks this is the way to go. I
2: fucking hate this. Um, Charlie Cox also spoke with Variety at Disney 23's Expo, where he was asked about the darkness of the upcoming Born Again series and how it compares to the Netflix show. He responded by saying he has no idea, but expects it to be different because they're doing more episodes and it's on a different platform. Mm -hmm. Quote, I have no idea. I don't know that it will be any darker. Will it be less dark? What does dark even mean? Where is that tonal shift? There will be a tonal shift, I'm sure, because we're doing more episodes. It's a whole new deal and we're now on a different platform, but I don't know. I haven't read anything yet. Oh God.
5: What does dark even you know mean? What darkness means, Charlie Cox?
2: <laughs> I was hoping that I was hoping that Bane would come out and be like, I was born in the darkness.
5: <laughs> and
2: just choke slam yes, fair enough. Just fucking choke slam him because I am so fucking mad at everything he said here. I am sorry. I am furious. I hate you sound it. You i mad. I'm mad. I'm re- I'm pissed. No, you don't understand. Maybe you do understand. I loved, 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 loved seasons one and season three of the Netflix Daredevil series. So much so, I think it is better and eclipses anything that Disney Plus has ever put out. Yep. I would say Daredevil season one. Daredevil season three and Jessica Jones season one are better than anything that Disney Plus has put on our TV screens.
1: Oh, for sure. And it's it's just a different level of television with that TV MA rating that they're able to do on Netflix.
5: Honestly, just do- knowing your feelings about the Daredevil show, I was worried about how you were gonna react to like the echo news with Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, boy! I
5: just don't
4: understand why it's so difficult to just continue what Netflix was doing because
1: they just put the Netflix shows on Disney plus
0: so, yeah so that's where it gets,
1: to, yeah, that's where it gets weird right <laughs> the the hey right on our platform here we're gonna let you contrast and compare. <laughs> Watch,
3: <laughs> like, Deadpool is going to get the special treatment where he gets to continue to be an R-rated character. It is weird how he gets that and Daredevil gets this.
2: And it's not like I, this character is not going to be showing up on the Disney Plus service that also has, like you guys mentioned, the first three seasons available to watch. So they're there. And so it's like, why even have that there? Why not just have that under Hulu, under like a another, you know, marvel banner or something i just don't understand why you why you did this it makes no sense to me
3: yeah you think they would bury that stuff a little bit more or like you said just put it on hulu and not on disney plus mm-hmm. they're just shining a bright
1: light right on it so everyone knows mm. Mm. i'm going into it optimistic but if they do that cutaway stuff with the fight scenes like they did in moon Knight, i'm gonna feel really cheated i'm going into it joe
2: Oh, you're gonna be hate watching. Listen, listen. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm going into it with one episode. They and if they don't I'm I'm being honest here. If they piss me off in the first episode, <laughs> I'm done. I might be out, Joe. I might be out completely and just say, fuck this. This is not think about that. Joe, I mean, think about this, dude. It's like you get that first episode and it is so tonally different and so tonally lighter than what we got on Netflix. How can I sit and fucking subject myself to watching this every week, man? No, I don't think it would be good for your mental health.
1: I, I, think, <laughs> I think that it, you would be like grinding your teeth about it hours later.
2: And, and here's the thing. It would be completely different if they didn't bring back like – the two actors that played two of the most beloved characters that I've ever seen play superhero and supervillain on TV before, if it wasn't for the fact that they're bringing back D'Onofrio and Cox as these characters again, and then going such a different route with them, it wouldn't be as like jarring to me. And I could be, I could get, I could be like, okay, I'll watch whatever they're going to give me. Yeah. We're getting a new daredevil actor and a new daredevil. But the fact that they're bringing back the same actors, and that if they change this up so much tonally, to where it's like this lighter, softer Daredevil, I don't
0: Here's think
2: I don't think if I'll be able to watch it. Go ahead.
4: If he's lighter and softer and She-Hulk, are you going to judge that, or are you just kind of I won't. up to the fact that it's She-Hulk.
2: I, I'll, I'll chalk it up to the fact that it's She-Hulk. Just like if 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 just like the, like. Like Wolverine, like in the Fox movies, like is showing up in PG-13 stuff as opposed to like his own solo movie in Logan or like Deadpool showing up in like an event where it's PG-13 rating. Yeah, they're going to have to soften him up a little bit. What is that clicking snapping noise? Is What's going on? Somebody playing pogs over there? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, I hear it, too. I don't know. I hate it. I hate it as much as this fucking Daredevil news. i hate it i hate it much more than the daredevil news oh i know you're completely fine with them fucking destroying i'm not you're misinterpreting
3: what i'm saying i'm not completely fine with it but i i think if they have to not do what they did they should go as much the opposite direction
2: they don't have to not do anything they can do what they did before they're choosing not to
3: yeah, well, if they make that choice, hopefully they make it super fucking wacky and it's not just a little bit watered down version of the Netflix thing.
2: Yeah, good luck with that.
3: That'll annoy fuck. me just as much as you. Well, no, it will not.
2: Fuck super but. wacky and fuck watered down. Fuck both those scenarios. I'm sorry. Man, God damn. I'm sorry. I'm just going to continue to piss and moan here. But... I don't know. I I just, I I have have a hard... (laughs) I bet
3: Charlie Cox can't wait until they just let it out of the bag. What's going to happen here? Because he's just getting bombarded with these questions. And it, it very much seems like he doesn't know what to say at this point.
2: I just can't see myself getting past like one episode of this if it is that different. And he says there will be a tonal shift, I'm Sure. (laughs) Yeah, he also says he's only basing that off of what it's called
3: and that he hasn't read a script yet. So he doesn't know.
2: Yes, he
0: does.
3: (laughs) Maybe it's part of the hype machine. Maybe you are going to get matured, Daredevil and this is all subversion. So when they make that announcement, you're very surprised that that's what they're going to do and even that much more happy.
2: I mean, we can't act like he doesn't know anything like he just they just said, hey, Here's a bunch of money. You want to play him again? He's like, yeah. And like has no idea what his character is doing at all. Like, I don't (laughs) believe that for a fucking second. Yeah, he's gotten the elevator pitch, I'm sure. I think he's trying to temper our expectations. And I think that if I think that if it was going to I think he would know if it was going to be just as dark. And and if it was, he would have just came out and said, "Oh my God, yes! Like this is going to be blah blah blah." blah, blah. But now he's just like, "Yeah,
5: to act like he doesn't understand what the term means." Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't know that it will be any darker. Will it be less dark? What does dark even mean? What is dark? what is what is dark even mean? It's like a Seinfeld sketch at this point. I mean, I just want to fucking I just want to sit him down and have him watch fucking Batman 66 and then I want to have him watch like the Nolan trilogy and be like, "Do you see the difference there?" No! What does dark even mean? He's like those so things are good. good. He's like he's like, "Jake, that doesn't I'm not saying that one's good, uh, one's good and one's okay, bad. Okay, I'm I, saying I You're dark. He knows what the definition cold. of dark, not the definition of like how can two things that are the same also be different but still be good? I'm okay, saying I dark. Honestly, I just I want to hand him a piece of chocolate and ask him, is this dark chocolate, white chocolate, or? <laughs> Or just fucking Hershey's chocolate. I don't know. What does dark even mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think
3: he can't wait until he's kind of got this leash taken off of him. You can tell just by his responses that he's gotten silly with it at this point and that he can't wait till they lift. Oh, he's he's just playing.
2: he's, He's playing stupid. He knows exactly what dark means. Get the fuck out of here, Charlie Cox. Come on. <laughs> and it sounds like he knows what we're getting. We're going to get a lighter, softer Daredevil. And I'm not here for it. I I can't be. I'm sorry, man. I just, I'm not, I'm not cool with that. But I mean, people, you know what? It doesn't matter because when it comes out, people are just going to, people, whatever we get, people are going to love. I, I can promise you that. It doesn't matter how different or, or, What new direction they take the character in, as soon as they see Charlie Cox in that suit again, people are going to go, people are going to lose their shit and people are going to love it. And, you know, here I am holding on to the past, holding on to 25 to 2018 Daredevil Netflix. Like, you know, (sighs) (laughs) you guys are done with me. (laughs) Even Joe, who used to be in my corner, is just like, ah. I'll 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 give it a shot. I'll probably like it too. Fuck it. Fuck you, Brian. Fuck you.
1: (laughs) I know if you're out on week one, I'll just be like, well, I'll tell you all thirteen weeks.
2: Yeah, Brian. Episode episode five. Fuck you, Joe. We
1: were friends.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just just give it thirteen episodes, Brian. After thirteen episodes, you'll you'll be in
2: love. That's what I was gonna say. (laughs) Then episode (laughs) fifteen. Uh, And uh, yeah, then there'll be some there'll be some level of violence that people will try to justify (laughs) and be like, oh, Brian, episode
4: seven has blood.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Brian, episode seven, uh, Matt Murdock cuts himself shaven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My time to shine did uh tweet it was actually today that uh Bullseye's coming back uh for uh for the series. And my mouse is not working right now, guys, so I might need to pause. Hold on. Alright, got that fucker working again. So that was the uh Daredevil Born Again stuff. Uh let's see here. Yeah, next, Captain America New World Order. Uh they brought out the cast for this one. Of course, we've got Anthony Mackie returning as Sam Wilson, Captain America. Danny Ramirez is going to return as Joaquin Torres. Uh, and then they announced Carl Lumley, who played Isaiah Bradley, is going to return. So we can guess that this is going to be uh, uh, you know tied in with the events of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They're going to have some exp- – for the people that didn't watch that series, though, Melissa, they're going to have some explaining on who Carl Lumley's character of Isaiah Bradley is.
5: Yeah. And, like, when are people going to get sick of, like, the retread and stop watching the shows?
2: When are people going to get sick of looking in the theater at a character coming on screen and then someone turning to the person next to them and explaining who this person is? (laughs) It's a
5: mess. The whole thing's a mess.
2: (laughs) Yeah. There were some unexpected casting announcements for this. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson is actually going to be returning to the MCU as Samuel Stearns, a.k.a. leader, the Hulk villain from the Marvel Comics who first showed up in the MCU in 2008's The Incredible Hulk. But he has not been seen in a movie or TV show since that film. And the last time we saw Samuel Stearns, he uh, he had an open wound on his head and uh, part of that serum was dripping into it and we saw his head growing larger. So since then uh, we can guess that he has become the villain leader. And um, then we also got uh, – yeah. with thoughts on leader coming back since 2008? Do we think that – I (laughs) I
3: never saw this coming. Me either, man.
2: Not in in the Captain America movie either. In wild –
3: Mm. It sounds gonna like we're going to get a very comic book accurate looking leader, though. I- I'm excited to see what the final design for this character will be. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah, that was one of those loose ends that just never got tied. And I'm so sh- shocked and surprised, but also pleased that they're going back to him. I love that actor.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. What do we think? Why, why the connection here? I'm going to talk about some rumors that are out there a little bit later. But why the connections for this character... In this movie, is it basically? Are we going to be? Ah, it's being. It's 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 called New World Order, and that was also the title of the first episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier, Mm. which kind of dealt with like conspiracies and like the truth. So, I yeah, I wonder if it's if it's the leader
1: wanting to synthesize more Hulk blood. To Mm. try and make his own army.
2: Ooh, Joe, I think you are onto something. Hold on to that thought, because when we talk about the rumors that I've seen today, definitely ties in with what you just said. So let's talk about the other casting announcement. It was uh, uh, they announced that uh, uh, we're getting the I'm sorry. Pause here. My cat is making some noise. Alright, yeah, the cat's probably gonna make noise. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, actress, uh, actor Shira Haas has been cast to play, uh, Sabra. Um, the, she's an Israeli actress. She's best known from the 2020 Netflix series Unorthodox. And, um, interesting thing about the character of Sabra is that in the comics, she's a mutant.
3: Ooh. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I hope they keep laying these mutant uh breadcrumbs in.
2: I do too. I do too. I hope I, I hope that they continue to do it as well, you know, because it's gonna be a while before we get an X-Men movie.
1: Exactly. And if they just keep laying these out every once in a while, we get another nod like, hey, here's another mutant, here's another mutant.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She uh She first appeared in The Incredible Hulk number 250. Uh, She's got mutant powers, including super strength, speed, agility, and stamina. She can also fly through the use of special technology. And her name is also a brand of hummus. (laughs) (laughs) Just this morning, my time to shine on Twitter tweeted, dude seriously there you go just pull it free all right oh now it's now it's not fun because I pulled it free huh I thought
3: that was the tweet at first
2: no (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking to my cat here he's trying to pull something free um no just this morning my time to shine on Twitter tweeted out She-Hulk and Captain America New World Order are leading to a new big Hulk project And then the next tweet was expect more Hulks in Captain America New World Order, New World Order. Joe, what did you say?
1: Yeah, well, that was one of the things I thought of with with the the leader, his character in that first Hulk movie. Banner sent him just a little vial of blood. But then by the time he meets up with him later in the movie, he's got lots and lots of it. And he says, like, oh, I had to synthesize more of it. You just sent me such a small amount. And so that was my first thought is that, well, that's something that this guy can do if he can get just a little sample of blood that, you know, we've seen that play in as a a plot point in in She-Hulk, that there's somebody out there in the shadows after her blood. Well, makes sense that he would be trying to make his own army.
2: Listen to this. Um, I think that we are seeing the beginning of a group in the comics that were called the Intelligentsia. And because we're getting MODOK in Mania, we're getting leader in Captain America, New World Order. And in the comics, the intelligent, uh, Intelligentsia is a team made up of the smartest villains in the Marvel Universe with the purpose of exchanging information within the supervillain community. Members had included such members as uh, Ulysses Claw, Leader, MODOK, Egghead, and another... Member, I'm going to mention here in just a moment, but I'm thinking it's introducing the intelligentsia leader is probably going to be introduced by the end of She-Hulk. And I think that when we see the wrecking crew in She-Hulk, they're being their boss is the leader. Yep. That's what I think, too. And... I'm betting, because the next, the, the, I'm betting, Liv Tyler is going to return as Betty Ross, and she's going to be the Red She-Hulk, who is also a member of the Intelligentsia. Oh, that'd be cool. So I think we're yeah, gonna, I would
1: love to
3: see that return.
2: I think it's happening. I think it's going to happen. I think you Liv think Tyler we're
3: just going to get a Red She-Hulk and not a Red Hulk.
2: Uh, I'm at this point, yes. Yeah. So I was thinking before it would have been William Hurt as the red Hulk, but I'm thinking they're going to swap it out and just have it be Betty Ross as the red shield. I could see that.
5: So it's about that time. I got to see this incredible Hulk movie, huh?
2: Oh my God.
5: <laughs> yeah. Like They're just really making it. I think you can still skip it. <laughs> no,
2: I mean, at least watch a, a fucking recap video of the movie. That way I, I, I mean, I, I think you know you've got abomination in there as well. I think there's some important stuff to be watched, to be seen in that movie. I, I don't know if it's like skip
3: it's not it. a bad movie by any means. Are you watching She-Hulk, Melissa? Yeah. Are you confused by abomination there?
5: Um, not really, because when he was in Shang Chi, everybody kind of talked about him, so I just kind of absorbed it.
2: Yeah. Well, well Jake, she's saying that she, I'm saying like for, for like other people that don't have like other people whispering shit in their ear about abomination. Not
5: in the theater, Brian. I'm not saying
2: <laughs> I'm not saying in the theater. I'm saying like once you okay, let me I do I have to clarify every fucking detail. So no. Melissa watches Shang-Chi and then because of her polite theater etiquette, she waits to speak with her friends after the movie is ended and outside away from the ears of other people. <laughs> Her and her friends discuss Abomination's (laughs) role, not only being in Shang-Chi, but also in the original Hulk movie from 2008, starring one Edward Norton. Uh, and then that, and then she absorbs that information through her friends. But I'm saying like other people that maybe haven't seen the Incredible Hulk movie might be a little confused as to who the fuck am I seeing here? So or it may-
5: that it was even like an important thing. Yeah. It I, wasn't just like a thing for the movie. I do
2: think that like some of these projects that they're coming out with are making some of these other movies that maybe aren't fan favorites more important to give it that rewatchability factor. I mean, we've seen it done with Age of Ultron, we've seen it done with. You know, the events of Age of Ultron heavily tie in with. Yeah, we've seen it done with Thor, especially uh, the Dark World and, um, you know, the events that happen in the Dark World. I mean, they retread that shit in Endgame. And then and then again, I mean, a lot of that stuff, you know, uh, Jane coming back is very important. Uh, and Thor, Love and Thunder. So I do think it's. It, that's, it's a, that's, a,
3: that's a great point. I mean, Sony basically did the same thing with the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies as well. Like, it's just all about continuing to have phase one be important and sell movies and people want to watch it. And.
2: But I do. I think it adds to the experience and like your, maybe your enjoyment and understanding of the movie if you have at least seen it.
5: Yeah. yeah. And I'm next time I do a full MCU rewatch, I'm definitely going to watch it. And it's funny because the reason that I've skipped it all these other times is because they recast the characters. Like, I, you know, nothing against the movie or whatever. Um, but it's just fun that they're like, you know, no excuses anymore. We're bringing people back from everywhere. Even if we recast the lead, <laughs> these people are still important to our story.
2: This is also while, why Melissa will not watch any movie with Don Cheadle as War Machine. After they got rid of Terrence <laughs> Howard, she was like, No, does this movie have fucking Don Cheadle War Machine in it? I'm not watching it.
5: Not <laughs> canon. Fake. Just,
3: just wait till she finds out that the reason it changed casting was because he, he became a scroll. Then she'll have to watch those movies. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, I think at this point, the only ones I haven't seen are Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 3. And I know Iron Man 3 is a good movie. It's just like.
2: It's not a good movie. Sorry.
5: Really? Okay. Well, never. <laughs>
2: it's a good movie if you're certain people. Jake likes it. I, I am, I am not a fan. I tossed that movie. Fan yeah, I mix. think it's far better than Iron Man two. Uh, Interesting. Oh, I think that, I'm in the other camp on that one. I prefer Iron Man two to three.
5: Now I got to watch these movies so that I can have a capital O opinion.
2: I would watch Iron Man two before Iron Man three any day of the week. I agree with you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Iron Man 2 has a soft spot in my heart, though. I mean, I I, I, I like that movie more than I should. Joe loves birds. <laughs> my boy. <laughs>
4: Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 are both probably going to tie heavily into Armor War, so yeah. get to watch them.
2: I have not watched Iron Man 3 since our review back in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> true story man I will eventually watch it again I need to watch it again it's been almost 10 years so
4: I need to rewatch it too I think I just it came out right after the first Avengers that was like the next movie after Avengers mm-hmm. so maybe that's that kind of played into our disappointment with it
2: oh, my my main disappointment with it was the whole Trevor Slattery reveal as the Mandarin the, like him. But so now we love Trevor Slattery. I love him now, and the Shang Chi did that, man. But man, that just... I loved him then. I, I still love that. Oh, reveal, I but... oh fuck that reveal is garbage. <laughs> Absolute garbage. Oh boy, uh, Darede- J- Jake also likes his fucking Daredevil Charmin soft. So I I can't I can't trust you. <laughs> you keep putting the words in my mouth. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Sherman soft. <laughs> he does he does he wants to see he wants to see a fucking shaman soft daredevil <laughs> you want to see one of those cartoon bears wiping their ass with charlie cox no i'll just play along with it now i want him to join the
3: care bears and have like a fucking thing on his tummy that shoots rainbows out
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah it'd be fucking great yeah it'd be awesome <laughs>
5: You should have subtitled it, Daredevil, Love and Light.
3: Love and Light. Live, love, laugh. Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: that's terrible. <laughs> uh, makes me wish I was blind so I didn't have to see it. Sorry. That was not... Fuck. Why do I say these things? <laughs> <laughs> We historically
3: hate the blind on this podcast. Guys.
2: That is not true. That is not fucking true. <laughs> That's a it's a deep cut to an old joke and Jake that is not true. <laughs> that is not true. My statements do not reflect the viewpoints of top Culture leftovers.
1: Didn't that prompt an email also where a guy cried? No,
2: it was a fucking <laughs> iTunes review. <laughs> Yes, yeah, Melissa, that's we're Joe. We're it's fucking so funny. We're very insensitive. <laughs> so, mm. let's move on to the Thunderbolts before Jake gets us canceled. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <it goes. laughs> Jake Schreier uh, is going to be directing the Thunderbolts. Uh, he's most famously known for his movie "Robot and Frank," a movie that I have seen. Uh, it's OK. Uh, yeah, we got our Thunderbolts team. Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes is going to be part of the team. Uh, Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova, Hannah, John Kamen's ghost. She was originally in the, the villain from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, Olga Karolinko's Taskmaster, uh, last seen in Black Widow. Wyatt Russell's U.S. agent from the Falcon and the the Winter Soldier. David Harbour will be returning as Red Guardian and a member of the Thunderbolts. And Julia Louise Dreyfus is going to be returning as Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine. Big surprise here for me. What a cast. Was -hmm. was was no
4: surprise that they had three super soldiers.
2: Yeah, three super soldiers. I was just surprised that we're getting no abomination on the team. I could have sworn that he would have been listed as a member of the team.
1: Absolutely. It looks like
3: he really is going to just retire and hang out with his wives.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because when they had that plot point in in that episode of She-Hulk, I was like, well, obviously they're going to look the other way when he's on the Thunderbolts. Yeah,
4: He's going to factor in somehow, though. They brought him back for a reason.
2: Something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think it's like a one and done She-Hulk performance. It's got to set up something else. I also expect that Baron Zemo is going to show up in this series in some shape or form, right? I
3: hope. I hope so. Yeah, he was one of the shining stars of that, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier show. So I'd love to see more Zemo.
2: Melissa, you were saying something?
5: Oh yeah, I have a question. Um. Oh, what was it? Oh, yeah. Thunderbolts. They're like anti-heroes, right? So, do they or are they straight-up villains? Like, my question is, like, who do they fight in a, in their stories? Like, our heroes? Or I think like there's going to
3: be manipulation. There's going to be manipulation going on here. I think they're going to be led to believe that they're good guys, but Val is really going to be tricking them into doing bad things.
2: You think when Val sends Yelena Belova to kill Hawkeye, do you think? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) According, according to the Hollywood reporters, Boris Kitt on Twitter, Feige said of the Thunderbolts, I, it, it tells you a lot about the team when beloved winter soldier is the most stable among them. (laughs) That's scary, right? Very. A little bit.
3: guess <laughs> <laughs> he's like the most unstable guy in these movies too, you know? Jeez. How easy I, is it to brainwash this guy?
1: <laughs> I can't wait to see the dynamic between him and John Walker on that team. Is it, is it like he's going to be trying to keep that guy in check a little bit? Is it going to be more of... That energy of the, you know, where where John Walker was fighting the Dormelage and he's like, great work, John. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be more of that energy. I'm, I'm just really curious how they get Bucky to come and be on this team.
2: I, I yeah, that's weird. I, well, listen, I think it's, I think what it is, is Jake kind of, uh, it kind of alluded to it. I think it's a lot of like manipulation on Val's part and, wh- if if there's one thing that I can kind of like connect with these characters, what do they all have in common? They all have suffered some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's exactly what Val is looking for when she's recruiting them. Um, It's it's like she knows this and she, she has access to a lot of things. And I think she knows she has this knowledge uh, of of their trauma and y- is using that to somehow convince them to be a part of this team. And I, I don't think they really know what they're working towards or working for. I think that they just want to feel like they have a purpose and do something. And I think they all think that they might be doing something good, but they all have trauma. Bucky was brainwashed by Hydra. He was sent on missions to murder people, assassinate people. In one of those missions, he murdered Tony Stark's parents. Uh, Taskmaster was enslaved by her father, Draykov. uh Yelena Belova was controlled by Dreykov for years, and uh, she comes back uh, from the, the blip and she finds out that her sister died while she was snapped away. Uh, Red Guardian was imprisoned. In a Russian gulag for years, uh, John Walker uh, in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, he took a vial of the super soldier serum and went crazy and fucking decapitated a dude and then later watched his best friend die. Uh, Ghost was exposed to a quantum realm experiment that went wrong and gave her immense pain and phasing abilities. And then shield took advantage of her and turned her into a stealth operative and assassin. So that's your team team trauma. I'm not even like joking there. It is these and and Kevin Feige's right. Like the most stable one of them is probably Bucky because of at least he's had some sort of like, I guess a little bit of healing from his time in Wakanda but Mm -hmm. everybody else has not dealt with any of their trauma and is going into this team and I think that's going to be one thing that kind of like maybe I think what's going to happen in this series is that in this movie, excuse me, is that that's going to be something that kind of brings them all together is the fact that they all went through something and I think that They're not going to get along and then they're going to connect on that level and talk about some of the things. And then I think by the end of this movie, some some of them are probably going to be like, fuck this team and find out what's really going on here. And then some of them might just stick around and be a part of like, you know, the future Thunderbolts and what they're a part of but I think yeah,
3: maybe just being wanted and having some semblance of a family is enough for some of these characters. They won't care that what they're doing is nefarious just to be part of something and be needed. You well, know,
2: I think that that's what it's going to be at first is like, it's a job, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then number two, I think like they are going to get closer the more that they kind of talk about their trauma. And I think there will be some healing on the team. You know, I do think I can see characters like, You know, Lealina coming out of this is like, you know, still good. But John, I feel like Bucky's going to come out of this. okay. Oh, 100 percent. But John Walker, I don't know. I mean, I would love to see him come out of this. He's like, I'm on the fence with him. He could go either way.
3: Yeah, he's got a hard road because, I mean, his psyche is totally fucked from the super serum. So it's. You know, I Uh, I don't know what kind of healing it'll take to fix that. I don't think just a Wakanda peace retreat would be enough for this guy.
2: I mean, I want to see, I would love to see a fight between the three super soldiers. I would love to see all three of them fight against each other. Red Guardian. Like, and I'm not saying like, I'm just saying like not getting along and see a fight between them. You know, like kind of like when we first met, it, it would echo back to like, you know, the Avengers movie when you've got you know Captain America and Thor fighting each other and Iron Man is they're they're telling him like hey man uh yeah that's not your fight dude that's a fight between a uh, a demigod and a super soldier and you know and and then <laughs> t- t- and then Tony joins in on the fight anyway and i just think like this would echo back just to see like These guys not getting along at first, not being able to be a team and seeing a fight between three different super soldiers fighting each other. One of them just happens to be a fucking like Red Guardian Russian dude. Oh, my God. I'm here for it.
3: Yeah, there's so much potential here. This announcement was one of the ones that got me most excited. I mean, Yelena is one of my favorite MCU characters going right now. And just just this team looks so fucking cool with so much potential. I, was, I also thought a lot about Zemo and whether or not he would, he would show up here. And I think it would be cool. You kind of opened a light in my head. like If this team fractures, we could get Zemo leading the bad half. And much like the comics, maybe Hawkeye could come mm-hmm. in and lead the good half. And we can Ooh. have the old Thunderbolts versus the new Thunderbolts. Oh and my see god! See how that shakes out.
2: Do it, do it. Make that movie now. I love that it. That'd be fucking awesome. I love it, man. Make that fucking movie.
5: Yeah. Yeah, be I'm very excited because I want Thunderbol- our favorites oh, sorry, to be our favorites forever. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, I'll be our heartbroken if you characters to be bad, bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: yeah. it it totally yeah. makes sense that like. On one side, I love what you're saying, Jake. On one side, you get fucking Hawkeye getting some redemption for Val fucking sending Yelena after him, right? Mhm. Mhm. Exactly. I mean, he he, exactly. he he connects with the story in that way, right? You know?
3: Yeah, it's not just complete left field to throw Hawkeye in here. I mean, I know that's what happens in the comics, but I think the foreshadowing for the potential of this happening is also there as well.
2: Oh, It'd be nice to see Kate Bishop fucking, you know, hook up with Yelena for a little bit, too.
3: Yeah, and I think when they fracture, both sides will get a couple new members, right? When when Zemo takes control of the two or three that stay bad, they'll add a couple to their ranks there. Yeah, and maybe that's where Abomination
2: thing. comes exactly, in.
3: Exactly, exactly. And when Hawkeye takes over, he'll add a few of his ranks, and that's where Kate Bishop will come in and potentially someone else. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be very, very cool. hmm Yeah. I fucking love Thunderbolts. It's always since issue number one by Busek and Bagley. It's always been one of my favorite Marvel properties. It was just so exciting to get there on issue number one when they were introducing a brand new thing. And it's to this day, my favorite twist ending last page of any comic book I've ever read. Because, man, they just went all out to convince you that this was the team that was going to replace the Avengers. And they hid they were all villains. Mm -hmm. They did they did press for this comic book where they lied to the press. And said this was the new team. here's all the heroes. they gave him fictitious backgrounds, and then that last page, boom, it's fucking Zemo, and no one
2: knew, including
3: uh, the reader and it was just, oh my god
2: man, oh God, damn, I'm excited for this fucking movie. I'm really excited for this fucking movie. I hope that this director can do this and because i'd love to, I'd love to see like an like another uh surprise um you know up and coming director in the in the marvel fold that we can kind of like look forward to to like what they're going to bring going forward um let's uh, this is the last thing that they had uh at the D23 for the marvel stuff and it was the marvels uh there was a trailer that was shown to audiences uh the trailer started with the Beastie Boys song Intergalactic which i think is pretty fucking fitting for a cosmic story like this Um, That's awesome. We find out where Kamala Khan was transported to at the end of Ms. Marvel season one. Uh, So Carol Danvers swapped places with Kamala and we saw that in Ms. Marvel. But uh, we find out here in this trailer that was shown to audiences that Monica Rambeau was also transported. So the trailer starts with Monica Rambeau in an astronaut suit floating outside, uh, a space station, which is being called Saber. And that's where Nick Fury was stationed at the end of Captain Marvel. So, um, it's a space station called Saber in the comics. It was called peak, I believe. And, uh, now they're calling it Saber, which I think is cool because, you know, uh, with this being kind of like, you know, the outer space version of shield, the uh, uh, sword being the outer space version of shield. This is called Saber. Um, Monica floats towards, she sees like this glowing blue energy out in space and Nick Fury yells at her like, what the hell are you doing? And she's going towards it. And then when she touches it, she swaps places and goes somewhere. And now Kamala Khan is floating outside the Saber space station And she taps on the glass. She gets Nick Fury's attention and she asks him if she can be a member of the Avengers. She's kind of star, Mm -hmm. she's kind of (laughs) starstruck here. Um, there's a scene of Monica talking to Kamala and explaining that their powers are somehow intertwined and they're swapping places with one another. Uh, Monica Rambo swapped places with where Carol Danvers was. And now she's on a moon somewhere in space with a group of Kree warriors. And then they showed a scene of all three of them kind of like working and fighting together. So all their different kind of like, you know, power sets are being displayed here. There's a scene of Kamala meeting, um, Goose, you know, the, the cat looking alien, the Flurkin that we met in the Captain Marvel movie. And, and when she meets Goose, Goose, eat someone and Kamala is freaking the fuck out. Apparently like, Oh my God. Like I just saw a cat eat someone. (laughs) Uh, We do get a shot of the new female villain played by Zawi Ashton. uh, And she's holding a hammer that looks like the one that was used by, it's not the same one, but it looks very similar to the hammer that Ronan, the accuser used. In the Guardians movie. And so, she's she's playing a Cree. it looks like. Um, Kamala says that the three of them are a team. And Carol, and Carol does not agree. <laughs> she does not want to include Kamala. And maybe not Monica. Like, those two have got some beef between them. And we know that from the events of, of WandaVision. So, they're definitely going to be exploring that here like, why she's upset with Carol. Yeah. Um, the last scene is kind of a an extension of what we saw in the beginning of the trailer. It's the three of them, and they're playing rock, paper, scissors. And when they shoot, Kamala and Monica swap places. Kamala asks, now why would you say go if you wanted us to go on three? Kamala and Monica swap places again, when, and that's when we see Monica in the spacesuit, and now Kamala is in this... Monica was in the spacesuit, and now Kamala is in the spacesuit, and she then she freaks out about meeting Nick Fury. Uh, Fury and some agents show up at Kamala's house. Her family doesn't know why they are there, and they're confused about her disappearance. And that's where it ends.
3: Sounds like some really cool footage. I'm sure you're excited. They didn't delve into the uh, musical aspect of what we've heard about here. Um, Yeah, it's cool. Goose is back. I'm I'm excited. Nick Fury is once again a major part of the storyline now. I'm excited for this movie.
1: Oh, so excited. I mean, especially after how much fun Miss Marvel was to to see her in this with these other two characters that are going to have to deal with like, you know, her youthful exuberance. And probably be annoyed by it at some level. I think there's going to be a lot of of opportunities for good comedy and really good action. And then ultimately a lot of really good heart. I'm really looking forward to this one.
2: Oh, I mean, well, here's the thing. It's like it's one of those things where I wonder how it's going to go with Kamala meeting Carol. Because in the end, I think they're all going to be like chummy and shit. But I'm just saying like at the beginning – it's like one of those things. It's like she idolizes Carol, has posters of Captain Marvel in her room. And it's like one of those things like never meet your heroes. And it seems like Carol just wants to like get this kid yeah. away from her. You know Carol's what I mean? Carol's going to hate
3: her for yeah. sure. That's yes. definitely the read I got. She's
2: going to see her as an annoyance. Like, yeah, like what do you, get away from me, kid, you know? Well, and especially with Carol, like showing
1: up in Kamala's room, she's going to go out and see that this kid has a shrine dedicated to her. And then when she actually meets her and finds out, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. This kid had powers and looks up to me.
2: And she's going to be like, oh, that was your room? You know, (laughs) (laughs) creepy. Right. (laughs) I hope there's a scene where Kamala actually has the opportunity to save Carol. I think that that would be fucking awesome.
3: I feel like that's a no brainer. That will happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I could also see it with um, um, uh, which Rambo character is it again? Monica.
6: Monica. OK, Monica. with
1: Monica Rambo basically looking at at um, Kamala and saying, look, don't I when I was your age, she was my hero, too. And then she wasn't around. So she's not the hero for you. And to just have this dynamic between the the group that, you know, like, I I, I just think it's really, really great that one is super ego, one is super bitter, and the other is just like, I don't have time for this. I'm super powerful and need to be saving the universe. I think it would be
2: fun, too, Joe, if throughout the course of this, Kamala starts to idolize Monica, and then Carol starts getting jealous.
1: Oh, that would be great. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
4: yeah, i'm, just, I'm excited awesome. for, uh, just gonna say i'm excited for uh, people to see imam velani anyone who just skipped the whole miss marvel show i just can't wait to see her shine for a bigger
2: audience i think she's gonna be the she's gonna steal this movie yeah i think she's i think she is going to single-handedly steal this movie I really do. I I agree. A lot of people have
3: a lot of complaints about the first Captain Marvel. And one of the biggest ones is that Brie Larson kind of plays it as a little bit of a wet blanket. And that's the opposite of what this character is. So if if that was your complaint about the first Captain Marvel, then this is really going to appease you, I think.
2: I didn't have that complaint with her in that
3: movie. I I, I didn't as well. I'm just saying that's definitely the... Like, that's the
0: thing. Oh, I know you didn't. I know you didn't.
2: And people can go back and listen to the review where we talk about that. I feel like she, like, you could have, like, it didn't feel like they, it didn't feel like they assigned. It felt very much like when uh, Sigourney Weaver played Ripley in Alien, they originally had written the character for uh, a male. And then, like, there's really, like, it, but they swapped it out and it felt like there was like no gender assignment to the character. You know, do you see what I'm saying, Jake?
3: Yeah, I I, I completely agree that it didn't really matter whether it was a man or a woman.
2: Yes. My only know. problem, my only problem with Ms. Marvel is that when they fucking play the I'm just a girl song, that was just <laughs> that, like that was my least favorite part. Of yes. The yeah. as well. Yes. Like, yeah, like you don't need to do that. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, We got it. You don't need to
3: drill it in with this on-the-nose song choice. Um, yeah. yeah, Almost any time they use a real on-the-nose song choice like that in any movie, I, I kind of roll my eyes. So. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like people have retroactively disliked Captain Marvel more than they did. Like, I feel like, what are we, four or five years away from it now? I feel like people don't like the movie as much as they did when it came out. Like, It, it gets a bad rap. I see it on the bottom of a lot of people's list.
4: Yeah, you're right. And when it actually came out, there wasn't that much visceral uh, opinions about it. It just seems to be so more so after probably about a year or so.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's been very weird to me because I've watched it recently. I kind of did the big MCU rewatch just recently, and um, I it held up for me. I, I kind of loved it. I loved the period piece of it all, and yeah, I thought it was just a really fun movie.
2: Did the events of Secret Invasion take place – before Ms. Marvel? I would say no.
3: That would be my guess. Which one comes out first?
2: That's what I want to find out.
3: Oh, well, Ms. Marvel came out first. You mean the no, Marvels? No, no,
2: no, the Marvels, excuse me. Yeah.
3: Okay, okay, that's that's why I was so... I'm attentive. sorry, um, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, do you think that Secret of, Where does Secret invasion take place? Before or after the Marvels?
3: I, I think it will be whichever one comes out
2: first. And the only reason I'm asking that is because... Of the Nick Fury of Nick it all. Nick Fury of it all, yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, I think the Marvels would have s- to happen first, right? Because I, it feels I, like... Yeah, you're right. It you're feels right. like Nick Fury is like... he's. It feels like by the time we see him in Secret Invasion, he's being tr- you know transported from the Saber to Earth for the first time, Right? That makes sense. Do you think we'll get Talos in the
3: Marvels? Ben Mendelssohn's scroll character? Are we gonna get
2: any scrolls in the Marvels? I don't know if he's gonna show up in the Marvels. We did see him, of course, in, in Secret Invasion. Uh yeah. Marvels comes out uh, July twenty-eighth of twenty twenty-three. Oh. Secret, Secret Invasion yeah, release date. Um do we have one? I don't know if we have one. <laughs> I think it's like April or something. oh uh, it's that. November eighth, twenty twenty four. No, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 That is not it. They don't have a release That's date. That's
3: Fantastic Four. That's Fantastic Four, <laughs> yeah.
2: I Googled Secret Invasion release date, and it gave me the release date for Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, I don't think we... It was previously announced as getting a spring 2023 release.
3: Uh... I'm trying to look it up, too.
2: Secret Invasion TV series based on 2008 Marvel... Uh it was previously announced it was getting a spring twenty twenty-three release. But yeah,
4: Wikipedia says early twenty
2: twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't See, have a...
3: they're very close. Like it's hard to decide which comes out first because that's spring and, and I guess the Marvels is coming out in the summer. So by that definition the Secret Invasion would come out first.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I'm looking forward to, I'm definitely out of the two, I'm definitely looking more forward to Ms. Marvel, uh, oh, the Marvel, sure, the Marvels, sure. excuse yeah. me,
3: especially after that plop of a, of a trailer they gave us for secret Invasion. I yeah. mean, obviously we'll get more before it actually comes out, but
2: that really tampered my, uh, excitement watching that, honestly. All right, guys. Big question. That's that's it. That's all I have. I don't know if you guys had anything else that you wanted to add from any of the uh, coverage that you guys were following, anything that you might find interesting, but that is everything that I was able to find out on the internets. On the did you see, internets.
3: real quick, before we leave the Marvels, did you see uh, Brie Larson's reaction to when she was asked um, how long she would continue playing the character of yeah. Captain Marvel? Uh-uh.
5: I uh, saw she, this. It hurt my feelings.
3: Yeah, it oh. hurt my feelings, too. She, uh, she was like, let me, let me find her exact quote. Um, but she said, blah, um, blah, 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 blah. They asked her if the novelty, oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, she said, I don't know. Does anyone want me to do it again? And like the tone of voice just seemed very defeated with it. Like she's really oh. letting like fan reactions start to get her down. And uh, oh. she was being interviewed by Variety during this. And y- you could tell even the guy interviewing her was trying to be like, come on. He was like, don't be so modest. And uh, she retorted, I really don't know. I don't know the answer to that at all. So I don't know. I mean, those kind of answers make me think that. <laughs> We might not see much more of Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I don't see. I don't think she's having very much fun with the whole experience.
2: Uh, I what mean, you think of all the. the I, I'm there? hoping that we get a a a, a renaissance after this movie, though, right? Hopefully, yeah. I mean, yeah, hopefully
5: hope because it's mm-hmm. like, I love the character. I like Captain Marvel. I I assume I'm gonna love the Marvels, but it's like from a just a humanity perspective, if it gets the hate. That Brie Larson's been getting like, I don't want her in the role. She's a human being.
2: It's a very like, small portion of the fan base, but they happen to be some of the loudest members yeah. of oh, the And fan that base. sucks
5: because you know, the people the people who like love her, or even if you don't love the movie, most people are still respectful about, you know, the actors and the artists that made the movie. But the people who can't be like, the stuff that they say is like so heinous that I I mean, I can't imagine being a real public figure as it stands, but it's like, I wouldn't sign up for that.
2: I mean, I was yeah, there. I mean, there needs to be a support group for fucking Brie Larson, Ryan Johnson. I don't know. I can throw out some other names, I'm sure. But like, you know, because
5: like, it yeah,
2: it yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, I, you know, I loved Captain Marvel, but I, but I do think as far as like an introduction to the character. It was hard to win some people over because the character is being gaslit the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And then even when she shows up in uh, Endgame, the problem with her her appearance in Endgame was the fact that that was actually filmed before she did the Captain Marvel movie. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't even... I mean, she hadn't even played the character before. Now she's been able to have you know played the character a little bit you know she's been, she's had she's been able to play the character for a couple movies she showed up in the you know the the stinger for uh um, Shang-Chi and i think going into this movie it's got a lot going for it like we we know the character we can really get to know her a little bit more monica Rambeau is going to be a part of the story we're going to get to see like that whole dynamic and like that strained relationship kind of like play out in this movie and see what happens there. And we're gonna have the injection of fucking Kamala Khan, Iman Vellani Vila- playing that character. And I, th- man, if people don't like this movie, um, I think they're g- they're crazy. Like, I the only reason I can see myself not liking it is because of the musical fucking planet they're gonna go to. But um. <laughs> <laughs> But hopefully that's just a small part of the movie But other than that, I'm not, guys, I'm sorry I'm not a musical guy I love going to musicals in, like, person I like seeing them Because I've, you know, I've seen Wicked I've seen The Book of Mormon I've seen, oh, I'm trying to think I've seen I've seen a few musicals in person and I love them But man, watching musicals on, on TV is just like a nightmare for me it's uh, why I won't watch Hamilton on Disney Plus because I don't want to hate it. I want to see it in. I want to see it in person because I'll probably love it. But um, yeah. I I mean, I just I, I, let's just expect that there are going to be people that are going to hate this movie. I mean, oh yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. I've s- already accepted it. We're seeing it with She Hulk. We're seeing it with you know any of the, like the uh, the female leads and they're calling it the MCU and they're just very hateful. And, um, there's and Marvel's
4: d- very self-aware of it too. Oh yeah. To know that it's
2: coming.
4: I mean, De- that's, why that's why they all predicted it. Yes. In the script.
2: Yes, they did, <laughs> yeah. man. I like, they're trying to cut them off at the pass, you know, and, and just yeah. be like, Oh, okay. Everybody loves Wong. So you're going to, this will, this will, this will give me a padding for a couple of weeks, you know, or whatever. Um, like you got that Wong armor on for a couple of weeks. um, but I'm like, man, I, I, question, Um, besides, because I think we're all, I think, like, if we're going to say, like, what's our most anticipated project uh from the things that they covered at D23, I think all of us, I pretty much would say all of us are going to say Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I could be wrong there. And if I'm wrong, let me know. But, like, other than Black Panther Wakanda Forever, like, what's your most anticipated project that they kind of, like, teased here... At uh D twenty three, I guess I'll start with whoever has an answer first.
3: Marvel, it's a thousand percent Thunderbolts. So can't wait.
2: Yeah, for me it's
1: Marvels. I, I'm just looking forward to this dynamic between the three. Yeah, it's the Marvels for me.
5: I think that just because we're waiting for longer for those things, I think mine is Ant Man Quantum I want more Kang. <laughs> Yeah, I am <laughs>
2: Uh, I you know, I'm not going to include Fantastic 4 in this because it wasn't really it wasn't really part of the panel really. So
5: It doesn't even have a cast.
2: <laughs> Guys, I think for me it's going to be just hate watching Daredevil born again every week. Hilarious. No. 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 <laughs> uh. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, this is so tough. Like, I'm looking through all of these, and this is so fucking tough. I, mmm. I'm also gonna go with the Marvels. I'm also gonna go with the Marvels. That, yes. I mean, it's, 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 it's Amon Like, I can't wait to see her. Yes. <laughs> Jake, uh, Joe, <laughs> I it's,
4: it's I a, marvel like properly realizing some really good special effects yeah oh
1: that'll be great i hadn't even thought of that that's exciting
2: oh man that fucking and you know that people that were at d23 got to see that shit that's so cool lucky fucks. no kidding (laughs) Uh, yeah that is all i have guys that is all i have i know that this is like not a traditional kind of episode and we were kind of at the mercy of like what they gave us at d23 as far as this episode was concerned jake that was one of the things that i was really kind of like worried about doing this episode because i was like you know i was thinking to myself oh we could just do like a regular pop culture leftovers episode where we do good pop bad pop and we do news and blah 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 and then we can do like a whole d23 thing but i was like man d23 might be like fucking huge and like how are we going to be able to watch all this stuff cover it and then still be able to talk about d23 so i put all my eggs in one basket with this and um i think we made the right choice even
3: with what happened with d23 And honestly just us recording this episode of the podcast has made me respect what was revealed and the announcements more than my immediate reaction was Saturday. I, it, just the anticipation and the expectations were so high. I don't know what could have, what could have matched them. So I, I think you made the right choice. I, we wouldn't have had time to do everything. There, there was plenty here to talk about. I mean, jeez,
2: Yeah. Hopefully, you guys respect the work ethic of a guy who has to dig all this fucking bullshit up and do a fucking Lord of the Rings podcast. I'm just saying.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, listeners, really appreciate it. Man. <laughs> I know the work that you do behind the scenes.
2: I took a video. I didn't share it, but I took a video of like my notes for like the next episode of uh, of uh, the Lord of the Rings podcast we're doing and. From the time that I – and I scroll down pretty quick, Jake, on these notes. It took me 10 seconds to scroll down on this video.
3: <laughs> oh, shit. You should add the fucking Star Wars music to it. <laughs> yeah, make it look like
2: the fucking opening crawl.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's uh, awesome. I'm excited. I can't wait to talk to you on that shit. I know. Yeah, if, if you're not listening to our Lord of the Rings coverage, uh, look it up on you know all your podcast apps. It's P-C-L-O-T-R. So.
2: Well – it's showing up on this feed as well that you're listening to. So I honestly, I would love for you to listen to it on this feed. And then also if you could at least, you know, I don't know, subscribe to the other feed and then leave us a, a review on that to like, uh, get us a little bit higher in the iTunes rankings and get us noticed. That would be greatly appreciated as well. Um, and, uh, if you don't like what we're doing over there, just. <laughs> Just just don't do anything. I get it. It's cool.
3: Yeah, stay here, don't complain. Yeah. keep that shit to yourself. Keep it to yourself.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I want to Did you guys th- see Go ahead.
4: Did you guys see any other interesting announcements in D23 outside of Marvel? And Lucas?
3: Oh, don't even get me started. Oh, you you got a lot? <laughs> no. <laughs> I got a lot no one wants to hear about. Uh <laughs> oh God, what about you, no! Kristen? That's a loaded question. Did you have something outside
4: of the big three franchises? No, I, I didn't pay attention to it, so I'm just wondering if there's some trailer or some like you know something I need to catch. Uh, it's they, worth watching. The, the new Willow trailer was pretty cool. With absolute oh shit, he, they have one.
2: But that's still Lucasfilm. Right. He said anything outside Lucas.
4: Oh yeah, I, I, I think he
3: meant now. Star Wars-y, though, right?
4: Well, I just meant like anything that's kind of.
3: Of interest because they did a
4: Fox uh, 20th Century too, right?
3: Yeah, I was disappointed by the Inside Out Two news. Uh, Inside Out is my favorite Pixar movie, and I'm not a big fan of sequels. And I, I think Finding Dory made me think less of Finding Nemo, and I don't give a shit about Inside Out Two. Um, Bill Hader's not returning. Mindy's not returning. Um, get out of here with this. Fuck Inside Out Two. Well,
4: Pixar has not made a superior sequel yet. <laughs> oh no, I take that back. Toy Story.
2: Uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, I wasn't Toy Story 2 is my least favorite I know Jake loves it but
3: Toy Story 2 is my favorite hands down oh,
2: Toy t- Story 2 is great uh, It's my least favorite out of all of them I still like it but it's my least favorite so. That is all I have Joe I want to thank you for joining us On this D23 episode where can pe- Oh my pleasure Where can people find you And what are you talking about man
1: Hey, you can find me on my podcast, StartCast. It's uh, long-form conversations I have with people. Every Saturday, there's a new episode dropping. You can also find me on Twitter, at the Tubby Ninja, Or if you are into post-apocalyptic zombie stories, you can check out my book, I Become Death, on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes.
2: And Joe is also one of the hosts on our Lord of the Rings podcast. So, the Rings of Power. So, check him out on those as well. Melissa! Where can people find you and what you're talking about?
5: You can find me on Twitter at Mellow Yellow or co-hosting the Wild Pretty Things podcast. Our last episode was a review of the movie Prey on Hulu.
2: Ah, oh, yes. Prey. Yeah. Melissa, I bet you're happy to get out of this fucking sausage party of an episode we had here. It's, it's fucking three guys talking about it, making dick jokes and shit. I bet you're just <laughs> ready to get the fuck out of here, right?
5: I I can make a dick
2: joke. Melissa, what's the last dick joke you ever told on the podcast?
5: Honestly, I don't know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's a seriously. I just want you to bring. I want you to come back next episode. You're on. Bring that fifteen minute set of dick jokes. Bring, we gotta
5: get. We gotta bring back getting like hammered on the podcast.
2: Oh then... no, I'm done with drinking on the podcast. <laughs> I just wa, I want some. I want some big dick energy out of you next podcast. <laughs> <Melissa>. <laughs> bring some BDE jokes. Come on, do it. I'm kidding. I'm not I'm not no, I'm not making these demands. That's ridiculous. anyway No, Tristan, man, always fucking awesome to ha- Dude, I've met you now. We've all hung out together.
0: All of you guys. We did. Yes.
3: Hang out. yes, all of us hung out together.
2: I didn't even know if Tristan was real. I thought like it was like a Sesame Street thing, like it might be like Snuffleupagus all over again. I didn't know and he's real. We met Tristan.
4: Uh, I had a blast meeting you guys too. I had a, a fucking great time in Chicago.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're coming back again, right? Oh, hundred <sighs> percent. Oh yes. Yeah,
5: come back twenty twenty three. It'll be my birthday. Oh,
2: that's March.
4: awesome. <laughs> I had a surreal moment where I was just smoking a joint with Jake and I was like, This is really happy. So <laughs> dope. I don't know what Tristan's talking about.
5: <laughs>
3: oh shit. <We're> <laughs> It was surreal because that never happened.
5: It was an actual dream.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I want to see. I want to see the meme that says that moment when Tristan realizes Brian's still recording.
0: I was thinking it was that post
4: recording banter that we have, and it's not.
2: No, we are not in post recording banter corner yet. We are very much rolling. So we were rolling, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I
4: didn't mention the cocaine.
0: Oh, man
2: anyway yeah i think we'll end it there um <laughs> i'm speechless all right guys and until next week we're putting a oh, lick god I'm damn it, it jesus you. christ <laughs> fucking
4: that's my
3: worst one ever yeah
2: <laughs> Were you interested in hanging out before this recording?
3: (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy.
2: (sighs) All right, we'll see you next week, guys. See you. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
0: Picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it,
3: It's a trap
0: Gonna to toss it Gonna to taste it Do we love it Hey let's race it Can't erase it Let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture Carryover Culture pushed over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say Has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure That the only talent Is the band That's singing this Pop culture Leftovers Leftovers that original and good have already been done before so we should separate the wheat from the chaff and we're the chaff, the crap even though we're the shit Woo! we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the poor kids it, it, it's a trap good to toss it, good to it, do we love it hey let's make some kids. It, let's embrace the Tupperware party subculture spill over like a vulture carryover counterculture over pop culture leftovers. leftovers and with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Are you sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't embrace it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.